The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Oh, it's coffee time. Get your coffee. You got your coffee? I got my coffee. Damn good coffee and hot. It is that because I made it. That is why it is damn good coffee and it's hot. Good morning, folks. It is Thursday, May 19th, 2022. Uh, kind of back to rainy and not cold. It's rainy and not hot <laughs> today here where I am. Uh, I hate to, I definitely like it when it's sunny and nice. That's a, changes my attitude, changes my whole outlook on life. But I hope it's a beautiful day wherever you are. You always say, start with the uh, overlook of my weather. <laughs> That's how I start the program every day. Because it means so much to me. Today, Otis Hicks from El Paso, Texas, will be joining us at 10 o'clock. Otis is a young comedian, uh, again, out of El, El Paso, Texas, down in the West Texas town of El Paso. Uh, we'll talk to him about the El Paso comedy scene and his career and all that stuff. Again, I don't know a whole lot about Otis. He has been uh, with us in the chat room quite a bit over the last couple of months. He understands the format of the show. It should be an interesting show. Can we get two really good shows back-to-back? Yesterday was a really really good show. Anthony Schumann was with us. Um, great conversation. Really enjoyed that a lot. Last night I was on PowerPoint Showdown with Zach Wiseman, Dylan Terry, and a whole bunch of other people. And uh, a whole bunch of other people. One other guy. I can't remember his name right now. Um, ASM Michael R. I don't know what that refers to. Anyway, um, who's a drummer, and he's got his own podcast as well. And that was an interesting, interesting program. Not not successful for me. It was an improv show. And listen, for improv to work, they were all, all three of them were great, and I sucked. And the reason they were great is because, um, first of all, they roll with it. They've had some experience and practice at just uh, rolling with it. Um, and you have to be in the right mindset. You can't be, you can't be scared about it at all. And I was, I was scared, scared. What? Like I'm not in danger. A little nervous about it and handling it with um nervous energy because I haven't done it in a long time. Improv's a difficult thing if you have not done it. You have to do it often to be good at it. So I sucked, but the show was interesting and the show was pretty good. It was, uh, if you don't know what PowerPoint Showdown is, it's four people give presentations on slides, you know, TED Talk type presentations on slides um, that they haven't seen before. Now, we, I did get the 
topic of the evening a couple of hours before, which the uh, evolution of mundane was the topic, but I hadn't seen the slides, and all the slides are different, so we all get to give four presentations, one each, on the uh, evolution of mundane based on a whole different set of slides. Mine came up with robots, how robots invented mundane. I wasn't prepared for that. I, of course, you can't be prepared for anything. That's a whole uh, idea, the whole concept of improv is not being prepared for it. You don't know what's coming your way. But definitely threw me for a little bit of a loop. Yes, and right. That's exactly what improv is about, saying yes, and. Um, so I got through it, uh, I, whatever. But it was a very interesting show. And, and those guys uh, seem to have it down and... It's a pretty entertaining thing, so I would check it out whenever you can. PowerPoint Showdown. It's on somenobodies.com if you, because uh, they have many, many uh, podcasts that they produce and write. Uh, and somenobodies.com is their main page where you'll find out all that information. Um, George Bush. George Bush, man. Freudian Confession. Uh, what did George Bush say last night? He said he was giving a speech somewhere with Bush stuff. Can I find the George Bush stuff? Let me see if um, giving a speech somewhere. And uh, here, George W. Bush. Here's what he says. He said the decision of one, uh, one line out of his speech. He said the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified, brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean Ukraine. Freudian confession there from the former, um, I want to call him the former president, but I don't think he was really elected president. I think he, he stole the presidency, but I guess that still makes him um, a former president. Some people call him a war criminal. That's up to you to decide, but he definitely uh, has guilty conscience about it. <laughs> the uh, the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean Ukraine. Wow. Man, if, I, and I can't imagine how he, he went on with his speech at that point. But he had to have practiced that. Uh, again, that's completely Freudian. Pretty pretty shocking uh, stuff to me. Um what else is going on? Well, I'm tweaking Met fans. Big thing. Oh, I want to say happy birthday to Carl and Jamie. I think uh, Jamie's birthday is actually tomorrow. Today is Carl's birthday. Happy birthday, Carl, man. The man and man. Uh, Dyson man, who uh, will have a show today at 1 p.m. celebrating both their birthdays. Uh, with lots of surprise guests. And, uh, and, uh, that should be a fun show. I'll probably stop into that. Uh, Andy's take on GWB, I guess, uh, Kevin's saying, is the best. Um, this is off dumbing it down uh, for the masses. Um, I'm trying to remember what it is. It's early in the morning. <laughs> I will I will remember it. Uh, doing cocaine until he was 35 and, uh, and was the only cool thing he ever did. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember that part. 
anyway, I, again, it's early morning. I'll have to refresh my memory on that. Um, Andy's take on the Iraq war stuff and, and supporting the troops, I think, probably plays into that. That's the stuff I remember the best. It's like him fucking the crowd's head up big time about supporting the troops. Oh, really? <laughs> And that was the subject of Rogan's latest podcast. Uh, I don't even know the guest's name, but basically, they were talking about how for twenty, it took us twenty years to replace the Taliban with the Taliban, and trillions of dollars, thousands of lives, thousands of, maybe tens of thousands of, um, psychologically damaged young men and women for what and i said that all along i mean and but there's a clip that i caught last night of rogan and this guy i don't know who he is author or something um and they're talking about the difference between the world war ii era and the vietnam era and moving forward or even korea and moving forward and the guy the uh, the guest his premise was that at some point the government lost accountability. In his in his mind, World War Two was an era of accountability. You don't. Yeah, that's so. It's such an out of touch take on, and it's so out of touch with reality. Before. World War Two and uh, leading up to World War Two and through World War Two, nobody questioned the government about anything. When you're not asking questions, there can be no accountability. Accountability comes with having to answer <laughs> to to people, and without without anybody questioning the government, just accepting what they gave you. Now, I do think World War Two was a noble effort to to to, to take out Hitler and deal with uh, Japan. I'm not sure Japan was completely unprovoked in World War II. I think history will um, sort that out maybe in, in the next lifetime. But um, you know what? I forgot I forgot to put up the Govs. We are on Govs podcast. I just want to remind people of that. Um, put up the Govs logo. He got caught spreading more fake news about Australia banning people growing their own food too recently, but uh, he thinks he got caught, uh, but think he caught it being fake as he was. Oh yeah, I saw that that clip where, and he was just being a total douchebag about it, like like thinking he was. Again, this is what it comes down to. I, I hate to be a fucking broken record with the with the all conspiracy theories it's it's people who need have a desperate need to feel like they know something they're on got inside information about something and rogan was definitely playing that up and then when his boy jamie kind of pointed out that it was fake news rogan got very upset better not be fake he wants it to be true he wants it to be true so he can pull his dopey shit i know i'm i know stuff nobody else knows act and he doesn't he falls for every stupid piece of 
crap that comes across the internet. And I think his sources are more and more fringe, crazy people uh, with each each thing he cites. So, yeah, I, I saw that. I, uh, people think I'm getting back into sports again. I'm not. Uh, I put something out there last night about Mets fans. Because as, as Mets fans, I did go to a doubleheader this week. I didn't buy the tickets. I didn't. Mikey, my, my, the singer in my band, my, my partner in the Rockin' 45s, um, he got tickets, uh, and his the tickets he gets are for luxury boxes where you get this, uh, all the food is free, everything is free with it, with the seats in there, and it's what it is. So we went, it was supposed to be a, sole, a single game, but Monday got rained out and got parlayed into a uh, doubleheader. And so um, I went to the game, and it, just noticing <laughs> both teams are just making a mockery of the sport with, with a lineup of people that were batting under 200. 200 used to be an embarrassment. They called it the Mendoza line. And anybody who batted less than 200 was shipped off to the minors. They both had, both teams, Mets and the Cardinals, had five players each. 200 or under with their batting averages. And I mocked that. But Met fans, and I have a lot of them in my life, because I live in New York, and so we have a lot of Yankee fans and a lot of Met fans. Yankee fans, I can take being arrogant because I'm used to them being arrogant, but they have a record of justifying their arrogance, right? Um, Mets don't. Mets have a, uh, a record of crashing and burning (laughs) they have won a few world series but for the most part they tease their fans and their fans get all excited by hot starts and that's what happened this year they started hot in april but in may they're just a little bit over 500 but their fans are still acting like they they they're sure in the window shoe in to win the world series and i just have to break their heart well, not prematurely break their heart because I know it's coming anyway. The te- the team is going to break their heart. I just want to, having been there, <laughs> create a, a uh, expectation that it's going to happen. But I, it caused a lot of controversy, both on uh, controversy, a lot of uh, kickback at me, some people being angry at me over. Uh, my comments about the Mets. And it's not about the team, really. It's about the Mets fans who are believing. Stop believing. Hope is a bad thing, Ray. Maybe the worst of things. <laughs> to paraphrase and flip Shawshank on its ass. Um, this is what it is. But baseball is really... Uh, I, I'm not... I'm more convinced now that I should not go back to being a ba- uh, baseball fan because it's just pathetic. Um Otis is saying uh, Met fans are like Cowboy fans. <laughs> that's pretty much what I am saying. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, Kevin got a comment. Alex Jones probably jacked into his brain now since. Yeah, I think Rogan has definitely become very attached to Alex Jones. And there is a, a clip of Rogan and Stanhope uh, pretty much debating about 
Alex Jones' uh, validity. And I, I think it's it's surprising for me to find out that I thought Stanhope was kind of friendly with Alex Jones. He's done his podcast. He's done shows with him. Uh, so to hear him kind of uh, go negative on Alex Jones, well, I agree with him. I definitely uh, agree with him on that stuff. But um, I was surprised that they got into a bit of an argument about Alex Jones and surprised to see that Stanhope does not have a um, it's any kind of support for Alex Jones and kind of was trying to point out that Rogan has gone off the deep end with his support of, of Alex Jones. And so Rogan comes back with, well, yeah, he knows a lot of things uh, and he he gets a lot more right than he gets wrong. And that's, that's just a lie. It's false. It's just, it's out of touch with reality. Uh, he brought up Epstein. Oh, Alex was the first one to to know about Epstein. Epstein Island. Nope. Julia Brown of the of the Miami Herald uh, exposed Epstein and Epstein's Island. Alex Jones read that, took it, and added a whole bunch of nonsense that it's not true, and told people he discovered it, which is basically his M.O. in everything, in every conspiracy. Somebody else um, just writes a piece about it. It's in the news, the mainstream media that he lo- he loves to hate. <laughs> uh, somebody puts it into the mainstream media. Alex Jones twists it, distorts it, corrupts it, puts it out there and says he's the, he's the original source of it or he's the first one to make it public and then claims he's got all these high-level, insider, deep state people feeding him information. He's an internet troll, and he gets headlines and then makes up imaginary stories about those headlines in his, in his mind and puts them out there as if it's fact. And then Rogan says, well, he gets more right than he gets wrong. No. He, get, he reads headlines that are based on Hard news, corrupts the fuck out of it, regurgitates it, and then takes credit for it. Who else does that? Uh, I won't even watch JRE if Stanhope is on. That's pretty. That's pretty hardcore. <laughs> um, there was some good moments with, with, and the best part of it was uh, part of that was. Um, Stanhope shooting Rogan down over the Alex Jones stuff, which was really good, but also to see uh, Stanhope pretty much drink uh, Rogan under the table, and Rogan got sloppy drunk and and ridiculously slurring his words, and the more he got drunk, uh, the more out of control and out of... Uh, he stopped making sense completely uh, and was not able to even compete uh debate wise or or even humor wise and he was doing a lot of talking over Stanhope. it wasn't a great episode three and a half hours and i put myself through it so i think uh i think kevin did the right thing there he said i just can't give him a click and i think 
I think you're it, whatever your reasons there. You didn't miss anything. It's, I felt compelled to watch it because I like Stanhope and I wanted to hear what he had to say. And on that level, I'm not totally disappointed that I wasted three and a half hours. There's a lot of bullshit in in that conversation. A lot of it, and most of it, all of it, on the on Rogan's side of the table, obviously. Um, but it is what it is, man. Uh, you know, I there was uh, David Dole who who has he's one of these podcasters who does analysis of the stuff. He claims that Rogan is losing his own audience. Is definitely has lost his old audience and traded that audience for the MAGA crowd in a big way. He used to be. He used to appeal a lot more to the people on the left than he does now. And there are a few of those people, Kyle Kalinske, uh, who still cling to him uh, and support him and defend him to some extent. But David Dole's claim that, and I don't know where he gets the numbers from. I know Rogan's subreddit uh, has turned on him. People had started a, a subreddit uh, to be express their fan appreciation of, of Rogan's podcast have now become extremely anti-Rogan and want the old Rogan back. And David Dole, if you, you should look up the clip and I can, I'm not going to find it for you, but um, David Dole has a clip on it where he shows the flip-flop of Rogan in a four or five year uh, time period where he held positions that were far more pro-labor, pro-union, pro-four-day work week, all this stuff. And now I turned on uh, that completely. And there are lots of issues where you see him take, just four years ago having one position and now four years, five years later having the complete opposite position on political stuff. And a lot of that stuff, his new rhetoric, definitely sounds influenced influenced to say the least by alex jones anyway what is kevin saying here uh, about the time he started hunting and hanging around that group of folks his opinions and perspectives changed i think he's always been a hunter i mean i don't know really about that good morning william good to see you good morning kelly good to see you uh Today is Carl's birthday. Are you all wishing him a happy birthday? Um, last night, anybody checked in on Chad Shake? I don't. I don't want to overstep my bounds here ever, but I'd rather overstep my bounds and be an asshole about it than just ignore it. Last night on Twitter, and and for for a while now, I've noticed on issues with Andy, Chad has been quieter than usual. He hasn't had a whole lot of input. Something's going on with this guy. And then he had posted about going to the VA to get uh, ketamine, and they turned him down. And he's been going through some suicidal uh, thoughts uh, and and depression. And I know people who are prone, prone to depression, but when you post that stuff on social media and he posted about how he took some mushrooms to try to make himself feel better, they didn't work at all, and he was even more depressed. And so I, my first comment was to point out how much he has uh, in his life that is 
desired by so many. I said, you got a great wife, great family. You got, you know, sunsets uh, and, and uh, a piece of property that is heavenly. Uh, and you have people who love you. You got two gigs, two gigs that thousands of people would die to have. You got some cool toys, a little gratitude, a little appreciation for what you have might help me deal with the, some depression he came back with. He, he thinks about all that stuff all the time. And he still has the uh, suicidal ideation, which, and then he said, does that make me a piece of shit? I, no, it makes you human. I, I've had those thoughts. I know lots of people who've had those thoughts. Unfortunately, I know far too many people who dealing with depression have gone that last step and done themselves in. And I don't want to see that happen ever again. But I know it will again happen in my life. There will continue to be suicide in the world. But if I could have any effect on on trying to prevent that, I'll go the extra mile. So, and that was the last I heard of him. That was two o'clock in the morning my time. So, has anybody checked on him today? Um. Mark is asking, what is the best way to shave a mustache? I don't know. I've never, oh, it's been a while, but uh, I would say, um, like, you shave the rest of your face. <laughs> I would say it. You just shave it, man. Come on. Uh, and wait to take me off what I was talking about. Um, so please, you know, if, if you got a second, check on Ch- uh, Chad Shank and see if he's. He's even on Twitter today. If he's uh, listen, we're not gonna we're not gonna be policing the situation. None of us are. But um, no, he hasn't responded anymore uh, about that. I'm concerned. Oh, eight hours ago, it's, uh, it says here was uh, that conversation. Uh, William says your mustache is half of what I want so much here. Thank you for that. Um, so anyway, I hope Chad is doing well. Um, and if you have, know anybody who's going through that, it's never, somebody said, oh, he's just joking. I, I, he might be just joking, but I'd rather err on the side of caution and try to talk somebody off a ledge and, and be end up being the guy who made a fool out of himself by not getting the joke, then to take that stuff lightly and just dismiss it. When somebody's talking that way, you have to, I have to, I'm compelled to try to do anything I can. Now, I know it's it's difficult sometimes. I'm not, you know, can say the wrong thing and, you know, going positive, uh, trying to be po- put a positive light on stuff, made him more convicted in his depression, my first take on it. So then I agreed with him, yeah, no, it's perfectly normal to be negative. I get it. But if you need to, um, I'd rather hear you just bash yourself or complain. I'll listen to you complain. I'd rather hear that than to hear about your suicide. I, You know, I'll... So I'll Pick up the phone, call me, and that's speaking at six three one four nine six six four six four. I don't have it in the banners anymore for some reason, but 
um, my number is always open. If anybody is ever feeling depressed, needing to talk, just vent, be angry at me, curse me out, whatever it is to make yourself feel better. If you're considering hurting yourself in any way, call me up. I should, I can't, I don't even have room to put much more, uh, um, in the comment section, in the brand uh, banner section. So uh, what's what I'm saying? I have suicidal ideations almost every day. can be very difficult to deal with. Well, if you ever, uh, you, uh, anybody out there, but especially you, William, and if you got, you want to talk about it, I'm always here for people, 24-7. Uh, my, my number, I could find a way to put this on. I have no more banner space, damn it. I need more banner space. It's all taken up with dykes and man stuff. Um, banners, 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 banners. No, I'll, I'll get rid of weather report here. I'll get rid of this one. Here we go. Um, all right. Oh, that's that. I should learn to type, I guess. I guess I should. Uh, to type, we don't need that. We'll just do this. There you go. All right, the number's on the screen. If anybody ever, you can, and I would write that down if you if you're one of these people who has. Oh, he did. 30, 30 seconds ago. Good. That's good to know. Good. Thank you. Thank you for that. I got to see. Uh, oh. I don't know, did he? If he responded to that thread, it looks like Kelly and uh, Zoop have responded to it. I I don't see Carl, uh, Chad responded to it at all. I hope hope he's all right. That's all I hope. Uh, and if not, I hope I hope he will reach out to somebody and uh, anybody and just talk about it. Um, I've been meaning to talk about this for a couple of days now. And it's not a big thing, but I just find it really weird. I have a friend, not a friend, an acquaintance, somebody I know, a music, uh, local music guy who has cancer. He doesn't want anybody to know he's got cancer, supposedly. And the reason, and I'm not supposed to know he's got cancer, but the reason I know he's got cancer is because five different people now have called me and said he's got cancer and shh. He doesn't want anybody to know. I think if you really don't want anybody to know, I would not be getting calls from five people telling me he's got cancer. Five people wouldn't know about it. So everybody's going, it's like a telephone thing. And I have not engaged in the gossip or, or spread it around. Uh, I'm not going to mention his name here. I just find that if you want, if you want to do the Norm thing, Norm McDonald thing, and have cancer in secret, you don't tell anybody. You don't go to a few friends and say, listen, I have cancer. Don't tell anybody. Because you know they're going to tell people. And so now almost everybody in the local music community who knows the guy here now knows he's got cancer. And they're all telling each other now, shh, don't tell anybody. There's nothing wrong with asking for attention if you need it. And especially if you're going through something where you need support, there's nothing wrong with with being vulnerable and showing I'm 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 struggling here, man. I need some help. 
and the community will definitely rally around that. I think trying to be act like you're being strong and and dealing with it in secret when you're not dealing with secret and you obviously need help that that just doesn't make things worse but it it complicates things because now people who would be inclined to be supportive and be there for you are not sure what to do because if not for that he would have been inundated with a bunch of people who want to support him good friends who not pulling that bullshit james inman stuff i'm your friend i'm here for you what can you do for me bullshit and taking it exploiting your your difficulty in life your your life challenging situation for their own three seconds of pleasure which is what inman did to andy which is why he's out of my life forever Uh, (laughs) but you would get sincere people who would do go out of their way to help if you put it out there in all honesty. But to put it out there with this through back channels, you're actually shooting yourself in the foot and making that support you obviously obviously want and need on some level. You're making it almost impossible to get. Honesty is always the best policy, folks. With that stuff. Uh, he said he wasn't uh, the clarity he was hoping for instead uh, an honest revelation Uh, uh, Chad I'm sorry Uh, we are a good man Matt we need more people like you now I'm a very bad man I'm a very very bad man I I have a lot to make up for, uh, and I'm not. I'm definitely not trying to virtue signal about anything. I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> I'm sorry to be so blunt, but um, you know, a wretch like me, um, and I have a lot. To, I have a lot to make up for. I have a lot to make up for. Uh, hmm. Looks like. Um, I don't know. Is did Chad take me off of that uh, reply list? Doesn't want because I'm not seeing any of this stuff, and I'm just uh, anyway. Uh, and I'm wondering, it, it maybe just doesn't want me trying to cheer him up anymore. And I would totally understand that. I totally get that. Uh, it, you know, I probably did overstep my bounds a little bit, but out of concern and again i'd rather i'd rather error on the side of caution and be the guy who looks like the dick i'm used to looking like a dick <laughs> i did it last night on powerpoint showdown check it out um i'm looking I'm, i'd rather be the dick than than be depressed knowing somebody i i know somebody i'm fond of even somebody I don't know, I'm not fond of, uh, kill themselves. That would be an awful, depressing. I think suicide could be contagious. I think it's a contagious disease, and I say that as because I know, oh man, I know more people, or knew more people, who've done it than I can count. Seriously, than I can count. Um, 
the town that I came from, it seemed to be in the water. But I do think it's contagious on some level. So one guy does it, and then the next guy gets depressed about that, and then sits with it for a while, and then he does it. So I, I, I'm telling you, if I go through, I can name names, and I won't, but if I go through a list of people I was very close to, some I had been in bands with, some I had grown up with, uh, some I were just fans and people who supported uh, me. But from the town I, I grew up in, literally a few hundred people in my life, some family members, have gone that way a lot. So, and I do think at some point it's contagious. Um not not a cool thing so that's one thing to think about if you have suicidal ideation do you want to be responsible for the next guy because i guarantee you you're going to put a lot of people in depression by your act so they'll feel the pain that you're feeling is that what what it's all about and i don't want to make people feel like more shit but i more shitty about themselves because that can happen too. And I don't want to be responsible for that. But you have to consider the people in your life when you do something like that. It's devastating. Devastating to people who love you and care about you. Um, so that's it. Let's get off that subject and get on to something happy. And what is happy? Well, let us let me see what's trending in the news. Anything good? Anything happy? Nah, I'm not, I shouldn't even bother going to Twitter to find out this shit because all I get is uh, negative, crazy, uh, here we go, I get, what's trending, I'm gonna, just going to run down the list, I'm not going to talk about them, I should find out why, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, defamation trial, still going on, still the number one spot in my trending, well, again, this is so, who the fuck cares? about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, let, you know, other than if you're f personal friends with them, family, it won't affect your life at all. But it's the number one trending thing, the number one trending piece of news on the minds of people in America. That's fucked up. I'm sorry. That points out how really ridiculous and petty we all are. Damn, that's good coffee. I make some damn good coffee, man. I'm telling you, there's such a difference between when my wife makes it and when I make it. And uh, I should never let her near the coffee machine again. Uh, Rothschild. Funny, I just brought that up uh, to Mikey yesterday. Rothschild, we were talking about old money that really ruins the runs the world. Ruins the world, I guess, also is appropriate. And I mentioned Rothschild. Now, Rothschild's... Uh, trending today in the number two spot. Uh, Rothschild is tweeting, a Rothschild dunking on Musk for his privilege. Imagine this, billionaires dunking on billionaires about privilege. Holy fucking crap. <laughs> I, and speaking of that, I had a guy, a friend. I call him a friend. He's a, I've known him several years. He come, he's a fan, definitely a fan. He's a friend, not a close friend. He's very rich. How he got rich is 
It's a whole other story. But he's very rich. Uh, he doesn't come from old money. He made his his, his money. Uh, I'm not going to say legitimately because I don't want to get into it. He's got a lot, a lot of money. He lives in a mansion, a, a certifiable mansion. Paid $17 million for this house. And he's a right winger and and a hardcore right winger. And so when I try to explain to him how far I think the current right wing has strayed from its own expressed values, you know, small government, they're not about small government, they're about... Or a smaller government and less intrusion intrusion into your life by government. Everything they're for currently is about government playing a bigger role in your life. Not money wise. They're not gonna they're not gonna be for giving away money unless it's to rich people in the form of tax cuts. But they're for intruding in, in what you can do and how you can do it with everything. Taking away personal liberty. And he called me an elitist. An elitist. Are you kidding me? First of all, he lives in a $17 million house. I My house, on a good day, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't looked it up on Zillow lately. But I'm, I'm sure the, my house value and property value aren't even half a billion dollars. For a guy who lives in a $17 million house to call me a leader, it's just fucking laughable. It's just, it, it would be if it weren't just so ridiculous. I'm an elitist. But he owes me 50 bucks. <laughs> and the truth is, I could use the 50 bucks. And I want to say, you know what? You call me an elitist. You got that 50 bucks you owe me? Because <laughs> I could kind of use it right now to pay some bills. <laughs> a bill. It's not I ate some bills. You can't even you can't even fill up your gas tank with fifty bucks. What bill are you gonna pay? Um, but it just uh, made me kind of just so fucking off my game. This guy fucking he walks around. I'm not kidding you. He walks around with probably twenty thousand dollars in his pocket in cash at all times. Pulls out like a wad of hundreds that thick out of his pocket. Doesn't even keep it in a wallet. He's old-fashioned, dude. <laughs> Which tells you, you know, people like that with that kind of money, that tells you how it was made. It wasn't all necessarily um, on the up and up. <laughs> anyway, Otis uh, Hicks will be with us at, at 10 a.m. this morning. Uh, of course, uh, Kiara will be coming in with some uh, happy news at 9 30 uh and i look forward to the happy new stuff uh i'm not even gonna go back to the suicide talk i appreciate your comments there uh william uh, so a movie where a guy gets proved the existence of the afterlife society was uh committing suicide at or record rates to get to the afterlife <laughs> wow that's just fucking crazy <laughs> I could see that, though. And now that comes back to the whole religious point. You know, the people who are excited, looking forward to the end times. 
it's uh, the whole religion stuff. I'm not even going there. But it's how how wacky that that stuff all is. Dude. Looking forward to the end times. How do you look forward to times when other, if you believe in in that end times, it's going to be a lot of suffering. So to look forward for it, that's a selfish. Because if you believe you're going to be one one of the ones saved, and other people are going to be cast into the pit. And before they get cast into a pit of fire for eternity, they're going to suffer. You're looking forward to that. Man, that's that's really selfish. <laughs> that's fucking selfish, man. Oh, it's going to be a good time for you, right? Fuck everybody. Fuck the other 7 billion people on the planet. They're going to suffer and get cast into a, a pit of fire for eternity. I'm going to be okay, so I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> a little bit of a silly mood here today. Uh, I think Mark is from Russia, uh, or he claimed to be a few times that he was on here. I don't know what, what his real deal is, but how much is the fish? Uh, I'm speechless. I don't know where to begin with that. I don't know what the fuck that means, but hey, it's glad to have you here, Mark. Um, how's things going in Russia there? Yeah, uh, you happy with what's going on? Are you getting are you getting your news from somebody more reliable than me? I hope about what's going on over there. Uh, and don't let them find if you're really in Russia. Don't let them find out that you're on YouTube listening to this program. Uh, Thinking what else is trending? That Mike Lindell knucklehead is always trending. I guess he's, um, and he's always threatening, threatening <laughs> the people who who think he's fucking crazy. The people who know, I should say, know he's fucking crazy. He's always threatening them with um, retaliation when they take power again. And listen, it's quite possible that they will um they when i say they i'm talking about the maga knuckleheads the uh, maga army the people who march with signs and and kill women signs that say uh, the jews not will not replace us and then run over a woman in cold blood because she disagrees with them those people they could take power again they could easily, uh, in my view, win the next this midterm election and then the next presidential election. And so America could turn into a very, not like it hasn't been a dark place, uh, but we haven't seen anything like the potential for darkness that could happen. And if that happens... Mike Lindell is, is on the inside, crazy bastard as he is. Uh, yeah, Mike Lindell, uh, Elon is a new Mike Lindell. Saw that all over the place. That's trending yet. Um, what, what I'm not getting away that easy. Ooh, uh, what did I miss? Oh. Like Andy said, grab, grab. Oh, you're talking about the... Um, 
what is that? The rapture. You ain't getting away that easy. Yeah, I agree. Uh, grab their legs and hold them. <laughs> you ain't getting away that easy. <laughs> that is good stuff. I don't think maggots buy EVs, and that's not how it works. Um, the funny thing about it is $240 million buys you, empowers you to buy something like Twitter thinking you're going to have influence. But when you act like a crazy bastard, it doesn't matter how big the platform, how big the megaphone you have is. Um, Elon Musk is not going to convert anybody from the left to even the center, much left the right. Uh, and he talks that he used to be, he used to be a Democrat, but now he thinks that Democrats have turned into hateful um, divisive people. I, that's what those are the two words he used to uh, describe the Democratic Party. And listen, I'm not a Democrat. I am not part of any, either party. But if you want to look at the two parties, um, and I said commented back to them, and I'm sure he never he has not read my comment, never will. But where he called the Democratic Party divisive and hateful, you know what? Go to a Trump rally. And hang out with, with the people you are now aligned with. And when you get out of uh, when they when you're out of the hospital re after recovering from your trauma, let's talk about hateful and divisive. Uh, they you won't find anything. Now I'm not saying all Trump, all people who support Trump or voted for Trump are hateful and divisive people, but the core base. On fucking Nazis, the the base of, and this is, they deny, oh, I'm, we're tired of the left calling, I'm not on the left, I'm in the center, and I'm not calling all Trump people Nazis, but I'm saying the party itself is uh, the Trump party, it's not even the Republican party anymore, it's the Trump party, and they are aligned with Nazism. Nazism is fueling that, and the the proof of that is Nazis believe that Trump people are are Nazis. The Nazis believe it. Ask them. Ask the ask the Nazis who is Trump with you? Or is Trump or is Trump for you? Yeah, against you? The Nazis all are calling Trump people aligned with them they have that idea you just gotta you gotta if if you and and the proof is you ask them all these people megan kelly all these people who come out and say i'm tired of being called a nazi just because no you know what denounce nazism what tell you you're tired of being called a nazi do this say I'm against Nazism, and I'm telling every Nazi not to vote for my party. Not If you can't do that, why? Because you know that's the core of your support. Tell, you, tell the Nazis to go away. Pretty simple. You want to you not be called a Nazi? Nazi? Tell the Nazis they're not, they're not welcome. 
they are afraid to tell the Nazis they're not welcome. They are good and be good people on both sides, right? That's where we're at. Uh, got me on politics again. I went from things I don't want to talk about, sports and politics. I should play, uh, no, I'm not ready to get a whole fresh cup of coffee yet. So I'll put that on hold for a moment. Damn, I make fucking good coffee. You got good coffee? Are you coffee drinkers? Everybody with me or again me on that? Um, oh, it's just so hard to unsee, isn't it? Um, I will be sharing that picture with, with somebody, uh, with, with all of you later. <laughs> Some of you may have seen it already. Um, when Kiara comes in with her little piece of, uh, news about, I don't I don't want to spoil it. I already spoiled it by putting a punchline on Facebook. I, I created it last night and couldn't wait for today. I'm just, uh, looking through, uh, some stuff that's going on on my Facebook page right now. Uh, man, man, oh, man. Uh, I don't know. I was looking for hair to donate to because we were making wigs for cancer survivors 10 years ago today. I don't remember that, but it came up in my memories. Lots of people asking where they should send their hair because uh, I was in the hair and beauty business and we were making uh, at the time wigs for people that were going through women, especially that were going through chemo and losing, uh, losing all their hair. Apparently I was, I was the go-to person because there are several people in my memories asking me where they should send the hair. I have plenty of hair, all that kind of stuff. Uh, what? Somebody is, no, that's an old picture um, of Stanhope in Manhattan with it. Nah, he's got hair, so that's an old picture. It's on my Facebook page today, though. Anyway, um, phone lines are open if you want to call in 61-496-6464. Good news, the earth is flat. Um yeah, yeah. You you know how to put me in a fucking straight jacket, don't you? <laughs> the earth is flat. Those people, they're just never gonna stop coming at me. Never gonna stop coming at me. Uh I I lost my temper with a guy the other day and banned him, called him a retard, and then blocked him, banned him, whatever. Uh and then the Dave Weiss army <sighs> sent me a bunch of hate mail. You're afraid that you're afraid to have an honest debate about the flat earth. No, I've had the honest debate about the flat earth too many times. And it's to the point where I'm just because you all say the same fucking things predictably and words you don't even know the meaning of. Flat earthers. Thank you for getting me on that track again. <laughs> I got Flat Earth people do not exist. That's my conspiracy theory. Flat Earth people are not real. People who <laughs> flat Earthers are not real. How about that? You know, the birds are not real, guy. I'm flat Earth. People are not real. They're all bots. Everybody, even Kiara, is a bot. I don't think she's a real flat Earther. She just, oh, whatever. I think she wants it. Uh, she did say it would be cool for her faith and religion. Religion is a scary fucking thing, folks. But to to believe that 
we are the center of the universe. Not really. I don't know where that belief comes from because that doesn't make us any more significant thinking the world is flat. Yeah. Um, so I had to sit through yesterday. Uh, what, with the flat earth stuff? I don't know. She wasn't really that adamant about it. Uh, not She's not like, man, had the, the real flat earthers, the, the guys who just will argue all day long and come up with these nonsense um, pseudo facts, made up facts, made up craziness to try to support their, their claim. Uh, and people come at it from different reasons. I had, when I first started debating the flat earthers, there was a fringe group of the flat earthers who are extremely nutcase religion people and telling me uh, that the sphere lie, the globe lie, is the work of Satan. And I'm, I'm doing Satan's work by promoting the globe theory. Globe is not a theory. Globe is a fact. It's a proven fact. And it couldn't be any more proven. Uh, but apparently some people just can't accept proof. Kelly says, my boyfriend has been begging me to watch a flat earth vid. He says, well, I don't believe it, but it's compelling. It's not compelling. It, it's Tell your boyfriend, Kelly. Uh, let me see. I'm going to find it. And I'll send you this link on Twitter. I'll share this with you. But you can say, yeah, I'll, uh, this is the perfect, perfect thing. Um, Hold on. Perfect way to say yes to your boyfriend. Tell him uh, you want to watch a video with him, but I'll give you one you should watch that will uh, cure him of ever having to watch one again. Hold on. I'm just a slow typist, and it takes me a while to find what I'm looking for. Um, oh, there's a bunch of them here. Just trying. Here you go. Um, I'm going to send this to your Twitter right now. This, um, this is called Destroying the Flat Earth Without Even Using Science by uh, Professor Dave. And it's just so common sense. And uh, oh, did I send, not send? Uh, yeah, I did not send Kira a link. Let me send her a link quickly. Uh, I'm remiss. Try to do a couple of things here at once, folks. I'm uh, I'm sorry. I'm. Uh, it's all my fault. I suck. I suck as a person. <laughs> I'm a rotten man. Um, there you go. Have your link. Um, okay. Um, here it is. Um, I'm going to send this to you on, on Twitter, Kelly. Where are you, Kelly? Kelly, 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 Look. Now that, oh, I sent the wrong thing. Damn me. I suck as a person. <laughs> Why you copy and paste? Um, bum, bum, bum. Bum, 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 bum. There it is. It's called uh, Destroying the Flat Earth Without Using Science. 
just common sense uh, stuff and break it down really is just t- totally demolishes uh, the flat earth stuff in, in a few easy steps that are irrefutable. Uh, so tell your boyfriend if if he is asking you to watch the flat earth videos, tell him you watch that one with him. Let's let's just start with this one. Earth. We have a flat earth there uh in in the background now. It's time to bring uh in it's the flat earth news, the happy flat earth minute. Here we go. That you're on the wrong side again. Oh, right. Yeah, there you go. That's right. Whatever. And I got to change the back. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. How's your it's flat dark in here today? I know it is a little dark in here. It's it's uh, in there and in here. Um, it's back to like being dark and and depressing outside, and I'm not loving it. I'm sunshine and, and happiness guy. You know me. I'm Mister Happiness. <laughs> oh yes, you, I know. You, you laugh at that. You, you don't believe I'm Mr. Happiness? Well, yeah, you could be Mr. Happy. Sure. I, I am pretty Mr. Happy. I am Mr. Uh, what is, Paul J is saying the music business has flat pay, send money, <laughs> same money we needed and made in 1980. Uh, That's true. You know that crazy, the, that crazy uh, booking agent who is always nervous, the guy who's been booking us, and he's like always nervous. He shows up there. He's been harassing. Yeah. He's been harassing Paul too. I think that's kind of funny. Uh, and Paul, oh, Paul really? Just, yeah, told me basically he he he's, we, he called him the Woody Allen of the Long Island music scene. Uh, we got uh, we got to have an intervention and shove some Valium down his throat, calm him down a little bit. He's just a nervous Nelly, which is uh, at least he shows up to our gigs. At least we have one fan. He shows up for money. He shows up oh, to collect. That what, yes. Oh, is that what he shows up for? Yes. Oh, I thought it. Oh wow! <laughs> I thought he was showing up to make sure everything was going well, and he was. Oh no, he's there oh. for his twenty-five bucks. That's what he's there for. <laughs> wow! I know. Well, all right, all right. Wow. Hey, uh, I got this, but that's that's a full-time job, just driving around the gigs to get your money. I mean, yeah, and yeah. yeah. But if you got enough bands out there working twenty-five bucks a shot, you can do. I don't know, ten or twenty a day. What twenty a day is five? Uh, it's five hundred dollars a day. Is he That's doing cool. that? I think. Wow! But not not every day. Probably just on the weekends. But yeah, and mm. it's all off. I think it's all off the books. You know. Does he do your um your other gigs? Like, here we go. No, no, he took over when Bobby <laughs> when God bless you. Um, Thank you. When, when Bobby, <sighs> the old agent, died, he just. Uh, said i'm taking over for him like bobby never you weren't in his will he didn't leave it to you he says i'm taking over for booking for him and it's like we got those gigs on our own now i mean most yeah. of those gigs uh we're booking for ourselves we were giving bobby courtesy money because he had been with us for many many years but right. he wasn't really booking anything new for us we were just playing the same gig we said no we don't need it but oh, when, wow. when when you and I started doing stuff, I I didn't want to do all the legwork, so I just said, you know what, go book some dates for me. I'll give you your your cut. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. wow. Sorry, I was at the baseball field yesterday, and the pollen was flying off the trees and just only at me, in my eyes, in my nose, in my mouth. Only beautiful. at you. Only me. 
Nobody You're else. You're a pollen magnet. Care. Yeah. Everybody else was fine. Everybody was watching. You know, before we get into your baseball thing, I just want to say parents don't cheer for their kids anymore. And it's very upsetting. They I don't cheer for, cheer for their kids. Well, well here's, here's the deal with that, though. They make yeah. it hard because they, the rules about it, like you, what you can say, and they will for, uh, enforce it and throw you off the field if you you got to be careful about how you can't say you got to be careful about the words you choose and all this stuff. Basically, the limit to say, go Bobby, or that's right. it. Right. <laughs> that's all you can right. do. Right. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm still in like little league, like T-ball and, and little league softball. So it's not as intense. I don't think, but I don't think it gets intense. I don't know because, you know, my daughter's out there. And I'm like, woo, yeah, run. And nobody nobody is reacting nobody's doing anything everybody's sitting there like stones and then their kid gets up i'll cheer for their kid too i cheer for the other team too because they're all little they're cute but none no none of the other parents will do that it's weird it's like one of one of my the worst things i've ever done i've done a lot of bad stuff one of one of the things that i'm i have some shame and regret over is when my son was three or four playing soccer and uh, uh it was definitely biased political there were parents there were rules for parents parents are not allowed on the field parents are not allowed to get really involved and in, and in, in be coaching yeah. their kids and all this stuff yeah. and um the there were people who were in with the refs who were a lot were getting special privileges and they were running up and down the field with their kids and they're helping them out. Right. And I, I was complaining about that. And then um I was on the sidelines and I they, they scored a goal and all they had like five parents that were breaking the rules and being on the field with them. And I yelled at the ref. I said, What is it? This is bullshit. <laughs> it was a kid. The ref was a kid, a teenager. And he, he yellow carded me. I said, What the fuck is that? What? He, he goes, Get off the field. It's throwing oh. me out of the game. So, wow. And, and they weren't going to restart the game until I left the field. So I went back to my car. Wow. Sat my, I sat in my car the whole time. The game ended. And I uh, walked on the field and I went to shake the kid's hand. And I said, sorry, man. And I took his hand and I fucking put him in misery. I crushed his little fucking head. <laughs> and I said, you know, I said, what you did was wrong. Uh, what I'm doing right now is wrong, but it's a payback for what you did. You were, you broke the rules. You were giving into a political system and using it against one, using the power they gave you against right. one person. And I could see the tears welling up in his eyes. And then I finally let go. I said, don't ever fuck with me again, son. Good for and, you. No, I'm not good for me. I'm a, I'm ashamed oh. and embarrassed by that. Oh. But <laughs> No, I, I'm, I don't think you should be. I think that the, I think that was a good thing. I, 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 I shouldn't thing. have gone after him. I should have gone after the powers that were running the thing and and handled it that way I, what i did was absolutely wrong and i i live with that i still have the memory oh, very clear in my mind. look well look for where did, where was it in lindenhurst or wherever it we'll have to find the guy yeah, with the hand lindenhurst. you know oh like yeah this. no he's he's look probably for 40 years he's definitely 40 years over but 40 his hand. Now. we'll have yeah. to find the guy with he the, definitely with has the... a uh it still remembers the pain in his hand i can guarantee yeah. that yeah <laughs> We'll just go to every bar and find the guy alone on the bar stool. 
Drinking. Trying I to wonder, drink with I wonder hand. if he grew up to be a bully because of what I did to him. Yeah. What what did he become because of you? Right. Maybe a better person. Maybe he said, wow, I really can't yellow card parents who yeah. are just trying to support their kids. I know that there's crazy parents out there, but I don't think you were one of them. I think you were right. So I stick up for you. Well, Even uh, though I shouldn't. I know you I shouldn't. Uh, um, don't ever, don't ever stick up for me. I want to share a, uh, another story, sports story, though, before we get into the other thing. When I was nine years old, my father was the coach of my brother's baseball team, and um, they had nine players, exactly nine players, show up. So if anybody got hurt for any reason, the game would have to be forfeited because they only mm-hmm. had nine. And they're playing this other team, and the pitcher guy, Rich Marino. I remember very well. He was pitching a no hitter, a, per, a perfect game. And my brother's team had nine players. They get one player, this guy, Rudy Crawford, gets on base and he goes to steal second. Sliding into second, he breaks his arm. Oh my God. Totally broke his arm. And uh, he's a black kid. And um, the coach on the other team goes, Hey, the N word broke his fucking arm. Ah, you lose. And my father, what? my father, and my father went and grabbed him with a baseball bat, put it up on his on the guy's neck, and picked him up, uh, had him against the, the fence with a baseball bat, choking the guy. And the guy's own yeah. team will go, "Yo, Mister Napo, kill him, kill him!" And I'm nine years old. I'm like, "Wow." I'm a pr- I, I mean, um, <laughs> good, uh, good. And my mom took it out on my, uh, was really rough on my dad. But they called the cops and my father went to jail. I watched this whole thing. He's get, he, my father got arrested for assault. The kid got taken away in the ambulance, broken arm. They lost the game. The guy pitching a perfect game lo- loses his game, even though he still had a perfect game going. They had to forfeit. And that guy was just happy about it. And, say, and no, just throwing end bombs out like, like it was nothing uh. in those days. And my father like lost his mind and and came close to killing the guy, but so that's that's part of of the psyche that made makes me the, the friggin' maniac that I am. <laughs> yeah, but he, he Grown, deserved it. He, des- the guy yeah. deserved it. he did. He did. He did deserve some retaliation, whether he deserved to be killed for it no, <laughs> or, or um, tempted. Yeah, no, not killed. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. wow. He was That's a bad good. guy, but my father was a bad was a was a bigger, crazier bad guy. That's what mm-hmm. it comes down. And so, I, I listen. You can't be regretful of that. I'm just sharing that because I think it gives some insight into how, why I am the the crazy, conflict conflicted nut job that I am is growing up with a father who could do something like that, and mm-hmm. witnessing it quite often. I witness that kind of behavior a lot. I mean, so. So anyway, you can overcome. Uh, you it's, can overcome it's too late it. for now to change. I'm, you know, I'm going to be 63 it's years never old in too two late. months. Oh yeah. You know, wow. Carl's birthday today, by the way, Carl. I'm not Happy sure how old he is. He, Carl. T- he told me he's 56. I don't believe that. Do you believe Carl's 56? I would say he's 41. I would say in his 40s too. He told me 56. I don't believe him. He's not 56. Come on. Um. Before we get started, wait. How was the game? I just want to ask. Did they did they win? Was that yesterday? Did you go to the Mets? Not yesterday. Two days ago, I went to the Mets. What? 
Uh, two days ago, we went to the doubleheader. Yesterday, they won last night, but I, I started a war on Facebook and Twitter uh, telling Met fans that, that their team sucks. <laughs> uh, wow. I feel like I'm in a dream. I thought it was yesterday. Wait, I didn't I didn't ask you yesterday? Yes, you did. Well, did they win? The, they, was it was a split. It was a doubleheader. They, they, lost the first, they won the first game and lost the second game. Me and Mikey mm-hmm. stayed to the end of the second game, very last pitch, which was late at night. Uh, and yes, it was kind of disappointing. It, they choked, uh, in uh, the second game and I blame that on Mikey and, but Mikey was just like an eating machine, just an eating machine. I, but the food was good. Food was good, but I stopped in the third inning of the first game. He kept going to the ninth inning of the second game. He was like, oh, get more, get more, get more. And wow. To keep coming out with new servings of you know different stuff oh you gotta try this you gotta try that (laughs) i can't eat another freaking thing and that was early on and he just kept going (gasps) wow next time he could bring me and and we'll eat together yeah no doubt no doubt about it you you are the only one i know that can give him a run for his money and listen he's slimmed down a lot but i think in that one day any time he goes to those (laughs) luxury boxes he can put on a lot of weight just in one day put it all back on just by i think you can't say no to free food (laughs) Uh, i can't say no to free food either (laughs) well i'm gonna tell him to take you and uh next time and see how how that goes i can't go i can't sit through a double header and leave the kids for how many hours were you there six Uh, hours well, yeah, for a double header, we were there for eight hours, but for a regular game, it would probably be four hours. Yeah, and commuting both ways, forget it. Yeah. I know. Anyway. All right. Okay. I have some happy news. You do. I, I have two, uh, no, I have three babies born yesterday. Oh, you don't want to do with the, uh, yes. big, the Big Mac story that you sent me to? No, I sent that to you. I thought that was pathetic. Oh. Do you want I, me to I, do, I, I have just, a, well, I'll just share the pic. You want to tell what the story is? We don't. We could do the other story too. But I had a picture of the guy that I wanted to share with the audience. Oh my gosh! All right, let me find that. You don't I, have to I look it up. Know. It's just a guy who had fifty years of eating Big Macs every day, right? And every they, day. They every and he's day. got to get his book of world records. I have a picture of the guy here. Let me just show okay. you. Um, uh, here he is. I watched the whole video. Did you watch? <laughs> I'm loving it. Wow. Look at that. Right? I know. Look, it fits so perfectly on you. I know. Oh. It's well, that's what cute. will happen. That's what will happen if you eat Big Macs every day for 50 years. The guy claimed to, he missed eight days in 50 years. Uh, uh, yeah, eating. well, he looks so in shape. What? What is that? No, that can't. That's what I. He can't be. That No, McDonald's Big Macs will not keep <laughs> you this thin like this is I know. <laughs> oh my god. This is my new profile picture. I'm loving it. All right. I love that picture. I think you should go full full obese. I think yeah. you should. I don't Looks know. Looks good on you. That's how I was born. And when you know, I was the most obese baby ever. My mom used to have to oh. uh, she she used to have to ask the ladies in the neighborhood to help carry me cuz I was that. What? Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Kelly says Carl's like 34. No, he's not. Jamie oh. is Jamie's going to be 35 tomorrow, and Carl's, Sorry, older Carl. than, Carl's older than him. I think Carl's probably closer to 45, 44, 45. we got to yeah. ask him. What's there to hide? Uh, I don't know. 
don't think. Yeah. Whatever. He told me 56. I don't believe him. He is not 56. That's a lie. He just wants to be cool like you. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, you know, he like he you. definitely because oh, uh, he runs. I, and I, <laughs> he's a not a marathon runner, but he runs miles. And I, I don't think he could do that at fifty. <laughs> I know people who do have fifty six, but I don't think uh, I would. Yeah, I know people. I know people personally who have been running marathons in their in their sixties, late sixties. Yes. He's Colonel Mike. Oh, he's thirty six. It's sixty three. He he's running marathons all the time and doing triathlons and stuff. Kelly says wow. Jamie and I'm pretty sure she's talking about Jamie. He's thirty six uh, tomorrow. Wow. Uh, time flies. He's wow. the same age as my son. My son would be thirty six next week. Mm, wow. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I'll be I'll flies. be thirty this year. I told you this is the big milestone. And when is your birthday? November. When? November. All right. Well you're so we don't do oh we do have some gigs in november actually this year, this well year. if Last it falls on a gig then um it has to be the biggest gig ever yeah all right and i want a cake oh okay what um, else you got for us give us something really happy now other than all right i got McDonald's. two baby stories because they're cute okay oh, so they're baby. both from upi but um a baby was born aboard frontier airlines in florida on What's today? Yeah, today's the 19th. Yesterday, Frontier Airlines announced on social media that a passenger on a flight headed to Florida gave birth in the air with help from a flight attendant. And I'll show you the little baby. Aww. Baby. Aww. How cute. And we have one more. That would suck, though. I mean, for the other passengers on the plane, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, that, I well, it sucked for the mother. I think you know. It's one that's thing why I didn't fly when have, I was you know when your own when your own baby is born. It's it's different than having to watch somebody else's baby being born. That's I don't know. I think it's it's I don't know. I would be trying to help in any way I could. Be under there uh, catching all the, you know, whatever. I don't know. Um, I, I don't then, think I could even look. I'd have to turn away. But go ahead. Uh, identical twins uh, give birth at the same day at the same hospital. This was pretty um, cool. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot to that. Oh, did Okay. Go ahead. Finish the story and then I'll comment on it. Oh, no. A pair of identical twins in California have something new in common after they both gave birth to baby boys at the same hospital on the same day. Um, the twins had been scheduled for a C-section on May 5th, uh, and her water, the girl's water broke the same day, 10, 10 days before she was due. Wait a minute. This is old. It's still beautiful. Um, and yeah, that's it. I think they have a picture. Oh, they have a video. Too bad. Well, uh, first of all, I wonder who wrote that story because I'm not sure... I'm nitpicking here. I don't think you call it a pair of twins, right? A pair of twins is four people. <laughs> Why? Why? What did I say? Oh, a pair of identical twins. Oh, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Would you say that? Would you say a pair of twins? No, you'd say twins. <laughs> that that's. What, yeah. 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 Oh. Okay. Uh, Go ahead. 
Uh, no, it's just, just my thoughts on that. So, uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> what happened? Is that you? You scared me. Oh, that's an yeah, older do- kid crying. That's not a baby. Uh, that's not a baby. Maybe a dingo ate your baby. Um, no, uh, it says baby on the file. I don't I know. Um, sounds like a toddler. Yeah, no, I, I oof, whatever. But ba- twins now, because they have d- done lots of studies about twins, and twins actually separated and raised by different parents, marry like people who look identical and all that kind of stuff. Not necessarily uh, other twins that, but they, they may, their spouse ends up looking exactly alike. They mm. everything in their life, you know, married two kids and the houses look the same and all that stuff. When they separate wow. twins, uh, you know, and get adopted by different families, they grow up and have extremely um, similar lives. So it's not doesn't surprise me that twins that stay together have similar lives and end up getting pregnant at the same time and, and then end up delivering uh, babies at the same time. I don't think that's wow. I, I, that's more common than you think. Mm. Pretty common I saw thing. I saw an article I didn't share um, the other day that twins were separated. Um, one was raised in, I think, Japan and the other in America. They brought them together and the they had similar lives, similar lifestyles, but the American, her IQ was less than her Japanese sister by 19 points. Wow. And they said that's very rare that, that, you know, twins will usually have the same IQ or like a couple points off. So, yeah, I thought that yeah. was pretty interesting. Yeah. That's that's true. I know a lot of the uh, well. I don't know that for we never tested them, but I know uh, I was in school with a lot of. For some reason, I guess my class uh, had several twins in in my class in in school, and they were mm-hmm. all like, if, if they were in a track, they were a track a track together. They were or b track. They were all lumped together by the same class right. Um, right. dumbness or smartness. I didn't even know they did that. I was always in the dumb class. I had no idea. I didn't know why my friends were in a different <laughs> class than me. A lot. <laughs> I had no idea. My friend went off to be a nurse. First, she tried to get her. She, I think she did get her master's in biology. Didn't like that and switched to nursing. But And she was always out of her class. And I said, how come we're never in, in classes together? I'm always with the, you know, the whatever's. But right. I, I I'm going to I'm going to stop you from talking before you embarrass yourself anymore. You were not always in the dumb class. Don't say that in public out loud. Oh, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> but you know why it was? Because I always skipped school. I always skipped. So I, would, did I. I was never in school. Yeah, that's why. I, I mean, if I, I could do it all over again, I would definitely sit and pay I, attention. I, but I was, I was accused of... Uh, cheating my way through school because i i would miss so much school and come back and, right. and ace the test right but, uh, school was very easy school you know grade school was extremely easy for me college was difficult even because i developed bad habits in grade school of not going to class and then just acing the test and when i got to right. college that didn't work <laughs> it ah. didn't work out yeah actually i had to go to class class and do the, the lectures and all that kind of stuff excuse me all right well, I'm gonna... I, mean, I, I, used, I used in college i'll say that i i did you, in all my, right in so, my you, you so weren't in the dumb class in college so there you go 
Yeah. That's a good I was thing. just bad. All right. Bad to the bone. All right, I'm going to let you go because Otis, Hick, Otis, Hick, Otis Hicks is waiting to come in. I don't think he, he gets it. I sent you the link to your Facebook page, Otis, if you check it there. Anyway, Otis uh, Hicks will be with us when you come back in a half hour. Okay. See you later. Goodbye. Bye for now. your facebook ims uh dms whatever pms whatever the hell they personal messages direct messages uh whatever they call them over there on facebook i sent you the link there i'm going to resend it right now let me see uh go to facebook find otis otis my man um i know you're here somewhere otis there you are yeah, you even you even liked it. You put a heart next to uh, when I sent you the link the other day. Click on that link and you'll be in, my friend. That's how it works there. Anyway, I just resent it again. Um, people reacting to my fat McDonald's picture. I thought that was... Um, ah, speak of the devil, Otis Hicks from El Paso, Texas. Otis, my man. I, I just been, I've been waiting since uh, I saw Animal House uh, 50 years ago to say, <laughs> Otis, my man, how are you doing, man? Hey, how are you doing, man? Pleasure okay. being on here. How's things in El Paso, Texas? It's going, man. It's not too bad. I think El Paso sometimes gets a bad rap because everybody thinks everybody's just going over the border without any kind of restriction, but it's not like that at all. But not, It's not? <laughs> no, nah, it's not like that. On the news, it shows everybody coming, but it's not. Let me like tell you, I used to go to Juarez quite a bit, uh, and uh, it was a lot of people going to the border then, but I'm talking 50, <laughs> 50 years ago, so, but oh, uh, yeah. a lot of bad times down there. Have you got, Have you visited Juarez? Not in almost 10 years, I before it got to the point it is now. No, but before, yeah, I would go back, you get like cheap liquor and be able to go and have a good time. I have to worry about too much. Now everything's kind of changed. Have, have you ever seen a donkey show? <laughs> nah, I haven't had the pleasure. Of, I haven't had the pleasure of seeing a donkey show. I got to say that. Well, <laughs> people say the donkey show is a myth. And I think it pro- there's probably a lot of truth in that. But I did see a donkey show. But one that was not what people think of a donkey show. It was kind of forced. Uh, the donkey <laughs> ended up being shot. We got oh. arre- we got arrested. Yeah, I'm, I'm, see, the problem is, if you have enough money in Juarez, you can make anything happen. And so, if you flash enough flash. money around, and my friend was determined to see a donkey show, and he had enough money, <laughs> and so he he paid this guy to have a, who had a donkey, and then he went and found a cheap prostitute and said, you know what, <laughs> you you want what? I think she was charging like four bucks or something for it. And he said, what if I give you forty bucks? Would you would you <laughs> would you jerk off a donkey? And so she said yes, not knowing what she was getting into. And oh but her father came along with her. Her father <laughs> came what along. What the? With her. I know, crazy. This is an intriguing story. Yeah, and <laughs> she went to touch the donkey in in his dick. And uh, the donkey freaked out, and he kicked, and he started kicking, and he kicked her, and she went flying back into the wall, and her head cracked open on a, on a, a, a yeah on a post. And then the father had a rifle, and he shot the donkey, and the police come running in because they hear the shot and screaming and going on, and we got arrested, and we were uh, we were held in jail, not 
we were held in jail, but not really officially arrested. But we were bri- We had to bribe our way out of it. One of the guys we were with had parents who were wealthy, and he yeah. had to he had to call home and we'll have like a thousand dollars. And this is like nineteen seventies when a thousand dollars was a lot of money to get mm-hmm. us out and get us back into America. So wow, that is wow. And no, I've been no Paso, no donkey shows, nothing like that. That is a tripped out <laughs> story, man. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, with you, how long have you been doing comedy? Oh, uh, for about about nine years now. Nine years, uh, yeah. all in the El Paso area, or you you travel? Uh, I've been fortunate to travel to like uh, I've been to Cali, Maine once, twice, uh, San Antonio, uh, Dallas, and, I, and some other shows. So I, I'm I'm just you know I'm a struggling comedian. I put it that way. I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a struggling comedian, as you want to say. <laughs> struggling with what? The book, getting bookings, getting uh, stage time, struggling with what? It's a little bit of everything, but I don't put anybody. It's it's on me, though. You know, I have to. I'm caught up in, you know, being a dad and everything else. There's no excuse. It's just like, if you want something, you got to go out there and get it. So I'm not going to sit here and use any excuses. I, I did the same thing when I was young, uh, in bands, traveling a, uh, a lot, had a record deal, and then... Uh, uh, long story short, I ended up getting married and, and having kids, and that changed what I could do. And I thought, well, I'll just do it on a local level then. And yeah. I think on some level, uh, not that I regret having a family or get getting married and having a family. It just it it changes your perspective on things, and it it kind of can kill the dream that you had. So tell hmm. me about when when you were young. When did you know that you wanted to do comedy? When did it first dawn on you? I want to try that. Well, when I was younger, like basically when I did comedy, like uh, of course every comedian slightly bullied as a as a kid. Yeah. So uh, telling jokes kept me from getting my ass whooped. So <laughs> that's when I noticed I was actually pretty funny because most of the bullies would be like, you know what, we're not gonna whoop your ass today because that's actually pretty funny what you said in class. So we're gonna let it ride and we'll whoop your ass tomorrow. So after that, I knew I wanted to do comedy because I was like, oh, this is to keep me from getting my ass whooped most of the time, and I could make people laugh. So I'll, I'll go for it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the first time you did it, was it like an open mic night? Was it uh, a, somebody dare you to do it? Well, tell me about your first experience doing it. My first experience? Well, I was at a uh, house party, and I was telling jokes. And my friends were like, yo, you got you to gotta tell jokes. You got you to gotta go on stage. And uh, there was an open mic the very next week. And I ended up going. It was at a coffee house, I remember. And I was really nervous. And they didn't have any liquor. All they had was sake and wine. So I just started drinking a bunch of sake and wine and get loose. And uh, it was only like maybe 10 people in the in the audience. But I was so nervous. I got totally plastered. And then I went up there on sake and wine. And I, I remember my set. I kept telling jokes. And after every joke, I would say, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And after a while, the crowd was like, yeah, we know what you're saying, man. Stop. <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's weird because uh, maybe that's so weird. But a lot of comedians will end up, I'm sure, get her done, and you might be a redneck and all those idiots in the blue collar stuff. Mm-hmm. That's that's how that started. Is probably their first open mic. They were saying it, and and then it stuck and became like a tagline that they they use constantly. It became part yeah. of their their identity, and people knew so. You know, it can happen that way. Yeah, like a nervous tick. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, you've been doing it nine years now. Uh, the scene in El Paso, a um, lot of comedy clubs, or is it um, strange venues, pizza places, and, and <laughs> bars? And... It's a combination of both. It's only one comedy club here, but there's another comedy club. It's El Paso Comic Strip that's been here for like 30 years. It's ran by Bart Reed. Awesome. Any awesome. Most of the comics that travel through LA and other places, they come. They come through a uh, Paso comic strip, so it, it's 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 been there for a while. But now we have a new club opening up. It's a uh, uh, Crack Me Up Comedy Club, so uh, there's going to be a different. You know, you have your your Nike and your Reebok now, and then there's other uh, venues you can do like bars and stuff. And bars, they build you up, man. Bars, because most of the time they're not there for comedy, right? So so a lot of times they're sitting there looking at you like you're a piece of shit. And <laughs> you got to make them I, laugh. I get it, man. Because in music, you can be background. But comedy, you can't just do background comedy, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, because music, you, you can just be part of background to a conversation. They can talk over it. And then you don't, basically, if you're doing that for a living or doing it, you don't care that people aren't really paying attention to you. But if yeah. you're speaking, telling jokes, uh, my instinct would be, like, get louder and, and yell at them, hey, Hey, I'm telling <laughs> jokes up here, uh, but that might not work either. I don't know, but it's it bars yeah. seem like a really tough gig. It, it is, but if you manage to get their attention, it kind of builds you up. When a when a drunk guy that's trying to get away from his wife for like about an hour tells you you made him laugh, it, it's kind of gratifying in a way. Yeah. So it's just like you know, it's cool. Like so, it's it's hard. It builds you up though. It really does. Being right. in front of a drunk guy or drunk persons in in general, and sometimes. Getting flicked off and getting cursed at builds you up too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what kind of stuff do you do? Are you telling stories? Are you telling jokes? Well, um, I do a little bit of both. I talk more about my life than anything else. Uh, a good, my, uh, I used to have a job. Where I worked at a sex shop for a like about shop? yeah for like nineteen years. Wow. So I worked there for like about. Oh, I, I, I'm over exaggerating. Maybe over ten years, but it was a good portion of my life. So uh, I talk about that. I talk about family, but I have so many stories working there so long that some of the stories I tell are not. They can't be clean. People always tell me be clean, and I'm like, it's hard for you to be clean when yeah. you're when you're dealing in that kind of environment and the stuff I've seen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, but that brings up. Uh, I want to. I want to talk about sex shop stuff, but. Uh, <laughs> The notion of what really constitutes clean, because I think you could probably tell sex op stories with as long as you leave out f bombs and stuff like that, or, or actually saying like words like dick or whatever, but and yeah. just talk about what went on there. In you can use clean language to, to kind of, and I think you can get away with that because I know people do adult humor, but not necessarily profanity. And that's considered clean, like drive-by comedy. I've seen a few of those specials where oh, yeah, they walk yeah. that line be about doing a very adult humor, but never get into profanity or any of that kind of stuff. But yeah, uh, you can, yeah, you can do it. That's definitely believe me. Yeah, I don't uh, doubt that. Tell me exactly what what what's a sex shop when you worked there? What was it? Video sales, uh, sex toys. Uh, it was a combination of both. But most of the time, it was mostly the toys. 
uh, <laughs> most of the older guys got the because everybody has you know the internet now, and most of the older guys would get the movies because they didn't want like the government trailing them and what they what they watched. They always tell me that when they bought uh, movies, but <laughs> the most part it was mostly toys. Like with the females, and honestly, like a lot of females, I would help them out, and uh, they would actually thank me later. Like, hey, you know, uh, <laughs> when I was using this toy, I was thinking about you, but not in that way I was thinking about you. <laughs> but I was thinking in the fact that you helped me out and you got me to the. I really, I really appreciate it. You helped me, and I was like, yeah, hey, you're welcome. You know, <laughs> I was, I, that's. I think that's the ultimate goal to have when a woman's pleasuring herself with a toy to think about you. Yeah, that's a good, good thing. Yeah, so it, it it was fun. Like, and you you see the how you say it, the people don't want to really show themselves, and and when they go in there, they feel either feel like they don't want to say anything to walking on eggshells, or you get the people that don't care and are really uh, open with their sexuality, and they'll go, "Hey, I want this. I want that. Help me out with this." Those are the people I loved to, to help when I was there. Wow. Um... So and were there any like weird toy? Because I I look at things now, and I'm I'm not all, all that hip, but I've seen <laughs> some things that really I didn't know they existed. Uh, was it an education for you about things that, or was just basically dildos? And... No, it was education. Believe me, it had some things with like uh, uh, some toys had memory where you can set it to certain vibrations, uh, <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, what? And like they, they pulsate. They have one one toy that thrusted. It, it, it's all and, and it's had all these mechanisms to it. And I'm like, women have it real good. Like, <laughs> women have it real, and I, I don't blame them from going that route. But they have it so good, I don't understand why some women complain because the toys that they have, some of them. I mean, honestly, if, if they ever make a toy that can sit there and go, "How was your day?" Guys, we're screwed. We're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that's, that's really all they want is an orgasm somebody say how was your day and if you have that guys we're done we're done that's all i gotta say guys you better get your stuff together yeah, well it's too late for me i'm not getting together uh did they have sex robots when you worked there no but they had these uh full-size dolls that look really realistic and they were mobile and then you could move them and uh, one time I was, uh, this dude bought, it was like almost $3,000. This guy came in, bought the doll, $3,000 straight cash. Wow. And we didn't have a bag big enough to fit it. So he was like, hey, man, can you put it in my truck for me? So I had to lift the whole entire doll over my shoulder and carry <laughs> it out to the parking lot and put it in his, <laughs> and put it in the of his truck. And he was just so happy that the look on his face, <laughs> like uh -huh. I just made his day, you know? I would have had somebody videotape that, and, and that because that would go viral, wouldn't it? I mean, that, I think it would, but do the fact that he was an older gentleman, I don't think he would like that. Well, no, but I would have said, "You wait here. I'm going to take this out to your truck, Bob, but I got to get this on video." You know what? Yeah, maybe it could have worked. Yeah, it could have worked. You're absolutely right. I, I've seen that before. It was, it's tripped out though to see that, like how open some people are, and I've yeah. seen some really tripped out stuff where you're sitting there like, "Is, is this really happening right now?" Right. Yeah. Uh, so um, I, the guy, I was on a program last night. And it, it was a PowerPoint showdown, but the guys who run that program also have another uh, show called Some Nobodies. And what that is based on is a support line 
customer support line for a sex robot factory. In other words, wow. when, when my sex robot is malfunctioning, I call up the 24-7 support line. Oh, and, my God. And they record the phone calls, and that becomes a podcast. And so uh, you'd be surprised about the number of sex robots that are in America right now. It's like a booming industry. I don't know anybody who would admit to owning one, uh, but it's, people are buying them. It's like it's like pornography is a trillion dollar business that nobody admits to actually. Exactly. I, I believe me. I help so many guys get uh, get pocket pussies that I know. I believe it. Like I don't doubt that at all. You know what I'm saying? I don't doubt it at all. It doesn't at all. Yeah, the flesh, the flashlight, right? Is that, yeah, that's all that stuff. I don't doubt the sex robots. I know some of them cost ten, tens of thousands of dollars, and you could basically modify it to a to an actress or an actor that you that you like. Right, it, it's tripped out. So if somebody's willing to pay that much for that, go for it. I mean, you can have a conversation with one. You can eat breakfast with your sex robot. I mean. Well, I think the whole point of it is you don't want the conversation. You just want to get uh, get it over. I don't know. Well. You know what? But I don't know if you ever saw that movie, uh, Her, with Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that pertains to that how it is. Like, the guy fell in love with Siri, basically, on his phone. And then if you look at it, it's a really sad movie because at the end of it, the, role, the, the Siri, the voice, ends up cheating on him anyway. Right. <laughs> so it's like, even... If, she Even bitch. though it's artificial intelligence, you still get cheated on. Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I get, yeah. That's funny. And, you know, it was funny last night. I forget what I was doing. I was ta- I was on that show last night and I was doing my presentation and the phone all, all of a sudden thought I was talking to it and came up and was responding <laughs> to me. I was like, wow, that's really weird. Uh, but, but it listens to you. Everybody says that the Siri, like sometimes when talking out loud, like you want something or you want pancakes, all of a sudden I hop thing will show up on your feed all of a sudden right so this was uh, when you work in the, the sex uh shop this was in el paso or, uh, or in texas somewhere el paso yeah so now my experience of texas because some states are more conservative than others and some are uh but missouri when i was driving through missouri uh one time and it was like all these churches and then right next to a church, they'd have a sex shop. And like, it's all, if you drive through the interstate, there's sex shops everywhere. I thought, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I thought Texas kind of frowned on that kind of stuff. And it, uh, was uh, it, it, wasn't it a prominent part of town or was it hidden in the back? No, back? It's ironic you say that. The, the sex shop, there's two shops that are sister stores. There's a movie theater that's in El Paso. Right. And there's a, the sex shop I worked at. The sex shop I worked at is basically less than a block away from a mega uh, mega church. Well, yeah, right. So they, right. it's ironic how you say that. And there's sometimes I would I would go to that that mega church every once in a while, and I would see customers basically, and they would look at me all weird and stuff. But I'm like, I'm not gonna oust you out. I'm not gonna do that. But basically, they would come from a sermon and go right to the <laughs> to the store. Yeah. So people are religious people are horny as hell. They That's are horny, my- and then there's nothing wrong with that. People are so hypocritical, or they have this image that they want to put up of themselves instead of just being honest, saying, "Yeah, I'm a Christian loving person, but yeah, I like to have sex." There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, I but have I, I have a song about that called "Church on Sunday, Race Hell on Saturday Night," and <laughs> it basically it's the the whole idea of you 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 spend all week just 
being as bad as you can be just so you can go to church and confess and, and feel good about it on Sunday. And then, yeah, and, <laughs> but as soon as it's over, uh, and after lunch, after church on Sunday, you're back at the sex shop. <laughs> <laughs> that, those are facts to that. Believe me, I've seen it where on Ash Wednesday, when they put the ash on the forehead, Catholics, they'll come in the sex shop and not even take the ash off the forehead. Wow. Yeah, you gotta, I've seen it. Catholics down in uh, Texas, I, I thought it was like all uh, like you know non-denominational Bible uh, Christians down there. No, it's somewhat, especially around this area because uh, a lot of Latinos are mostly Catholic. So from right. what I've known, so yeah, it's mostly it's a good fifty-fifty. Uh, I say with fifty percent Catholic, fifty percent uh, Baptist, or something like that. So yeah, it's a, it's a middle. And El Paso is kind of, uh, you're right on the border there. What about uh, all the kind of stuff, the border crisis we always hear, and El Paso is always prominently mentioned in the border crisis. Do you see a lot of that kind of stuff, uh, drug cartels and people being smuggled across and all that kind of stuff? No, but I'll be honest with you, it's not as bad as it was, but uh, there's a there's a freeway right next to the basically the borderline. And there's times where I, I was driving, I'll see people, going basically crossing over the fence and running in front of the middle of the street and almost get hit. So I've seen that a couple of times. It hasn't been like frequent, but every once in a while you see a, a, a basically a family of people hightailing it across the freeway. And yeah, it's, I can, yeah, I can see that. Now, what about, because uh, culturally uh, where I am, it's a very different, obviously. The United States got so many different cultures in it, but uh, we don't have meth heads to the most extent here in New York. It, we have coke heads. We have heroin heads. You got a, a meth problem down there of people? Hell yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's bad. It is. It's sad to see, and it's it's it's, it's prominent here, unfortunately. Like, uh, at the sex shop where I worked at, we used to sell these pipes. They call them oil burners, but basically meth pipes. And you would see all kind of people come in there, like, and it was Kind of sad. You see, young to the old, and it, it'd be methods. It's one about methods. They all hang with each other, no matter what age. You'll see a right. grandma <laughs> with a nineteen-year-old kid, and they all smoke meth, and it, yeah. and they're all. You think the grandma would be like, "Nah, don't do this. Don't go out down the road." I went down, but they're encouraging the younger kids to to do it. Sad, Cr- crazy stuff. I just I'm curious about why it's it's. It seems to be in certain parts of the country and not others, though. and that, that's also, because drugs are, you know, the drug culture. It, it seems to be everywhere, but there's the drugs of choice for different areas of the country, which I find really weird. It's like if you get if yeah. you're into drugs, you're into drugs. Well, what about do you do you partake in any drug use at all? Nah, I I used to. I'm not, but I'm not, 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 cop, not, way. not But I used to <laughs> smoke weed every once in a while. So. That was my drug of choice. I don't blame. Actually, potheads are like the most funnest people to hang around with. They always have good food. I appreciate uh, that. Very talkative. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, cocaine, cocaine people are very talkative, too. But yeah, very talkative. They never very- shut up. They never shut up. So you're, you're a big sports fan now. Uh, yes. Dallas Cowboys. Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I have two teams. I know that you're not supposed to do that, but I do. I have my Las Vegas Raiders and my Dallas Cowboys. Okay, Those are my why, teams. Why, why the Las Vegas Raiders? Uh, because they, they look, they're the op, they're like the opposite of what the Cowboys are. Like they have a large fan base, but everybody hates them. 
either either way. And then the Cowboys have their America, America's team supposed to be like the the lighter side of the force, but people still hate them. So either way, this this hatred still <laughs> in That's, both sides. Yeah, football is weird because people can have teams that aren't necessarily from their region. I have a lot of friends here. Uh, of course, everywhere you go, you're going to find Dallas Cowboy fans. But I have a lot of friends who are Pittsburgh fans. I have fans who are 49ers fans in New York. And it's just like baseball's different than that. I think baseball, you, you you're more in basketball. I think you're more likely to stick with your hometown teams. Uh, so yes. other sports, you're, you're interested in ba- basketball or baseball? Baseball, yes. Uh, unfortunately, my team suck on both of those ends. But you got to lay off Mets fans, man. You got to take it easy. Okay, you got to take it easy. <laughs> well, to be honest with you, uh, I was a Mets fan up until 19, uh, 19, 2008. I was a hardcore Mets fan all my life, and they broke my heart two years in a row. And I said I was never going back until the owner sold the team. Now, the owner sold the team. They have yeah. a new owner, and they've been trying to suck me back in. But I'm always – I still have like – I'm like – a battered woman who's, who's afraid <laughs> to get back into a relationship because I've, gone, I've been beaten up too many times. That's what the Mets are. They're my abusive husband. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but so, you should have a prominent team that's good. My, my team is Detroit Lions, Detroit Tigers. So, uh, so they suck. We, we had a good run, and we traded away every asset that we had, and now we pretty much suck now. Yeah. Miguel Cabrera is still with them, though, I don't know. Is nobody notices? Yeah. <laughs> but, so and with the Mets stuff, I I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I I've got this. May my father gave me this. My my older brother gave me this. The idea that if I talk bad about them, that's my best way of helping them win. If I say they're gonna lose, they'll win. So basically, when I'm bashing Met fans, and I kind of give some give it away to in private to some of them that I'm while I'm bashing them, I'm bashing them in public, but be and in, in behind the scenes I'm rooting for them. But my best way of rooting for them is to say I think they suck, and so they <laughs> prove me wrong. Because if I say they're going to be good, that's when they they'll blow it and they'll break break my heart. So I I put out a public face of like I'm rooting for them to lose. Let's go, whoever. That's a good going. mindset to have. That's actually reverse psychology that's good reverse psychology that's exactly what it is (laughs) but i i can let sports this is why i walked away from it 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 can rule my life to the point where if my team loses no matter what sport it is i can it can ruin my day and i can be nasty to people in my life over something i have no control of meanwhile other guys are getting paid millions of dollars for it they lose they go home and they forget about it until the next day. Me, I'm yes, still guys. walking around with it in my psyche. I can't believe they lost that game. <laughs> so that, that's, that's part of why I got Try it. being a Cowboy fan. It's, it's hard. I know. <laughs> I know. Tony Roma, you went through all those years with Tony Roma. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was hard. It was hard. But, I mean, you're you're a Yankees fan now, correct? No, I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm not a baseball fan. Uh, well, I'm still. If I have to be a, a baseball fan, it's going to be a Met fan. But uh, yeah. I'm not rooting against the Yankees. I think the Yankees, uh, again, I think their arrogance is justified. They've they've won enough World Series, won enough championships, and set enough records that they can be happy about a May start or a, where they're all, well, I guess, like 30 or, or closer, 20, 
nine and seven or whatever they are. Ridiculous, yeah. crazy record. And they, I, I like the new look. They're like the nice guy Yankees for me. Like back in the day, it was they had a little bit edge to them. These are like oh, the yeah. nice. Aaron Judge is so like a nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you can't really like Jerry Jeter was. You you want to hate the guy, but he's just so nice and clean cut. It's yeah, hard to hate him. Jeter was part of that team. I think you're talking about that had a really bad. The rest of the guys on it, Paul O'Neill and yeah. uh, uh, oh, they had kind of a, a cocky attitude. Yeah, uh, yeah. Guy from I, Texas uh, by the name of Clemens, who uh, was oh, yeah. a, he was a, just a, a total asshole. <laughs> yeah, from what I heard, he was, and I think that's probably what's hurting him in the in the in the Hall of Fame thing. I don't yeah. think it's too much of the juicing part. Same thing with Bonds. I don't think it's the juicing part. Do the fact that Bonds is a dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's what hurt him. People like yeah. Pete Rose, I think, should be in there already. Me my too. personal opinion. Yeah. You know what? Because uh, I was at the game, I had a Met game two days ago, doubleheader, and I couldn't believe how much they were advertising gambling stuff. Back <laughs> in the day, uh, dating myself, Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays were both banned from baseball for about five years because they had done advertising for casinos. Now, wow. and Pete Rose is banned for life, was banned for life. I don't know if that's still in effect, that banned for life. I think they've led him back to some old-timers games and all-star games and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, before gam for gambling stuff, but now here they are – Four or five different ads all, all throughout the game for different betting stuff and gambling stuff. It seems like they've let down the veil of the connection between sports and, and gambling. Exactly. I'm sure Pete Rose is watching that and going like, okay, huh. what the, are you going to let this go already, guys? What are you, you guys are doing it now. Yeah, yeah. So, so what's the whole point? So I think they should let Pete Rose in. It's, it's way overdue, man. It's it's Honestly, the whole entire league at one point was juicing up. You all know that. So right. you, you got to let it go. Honestly, I, I I think McGuire should be in there. Jose Canseco, both of the guys are juicing up, but they, they made most of the best parts of the eras in baseball was the whole era was, was juicing, to be yeah. honest with you. You know what I'm conflicted about Barry Bonds? Now, I do think Barry Bonds obviously is, is uh, belongs in the Hall of Fame. I think the problem with I have with Barry Bonds is he would have been in the Hall of Fame and didn't he? Ne he never needed steroids. He never needed juice yeah. at all. He was great naturally, and would have been the greatest player. Probably been the greatest player of all time without the stuff. But then he got. He felt like he had. He, everybody else was getting headlines and stuff, and and kind of ruined it for himself by diving into something he never needed. That's I totally agree with that. Yeah, I totally. And then through the fact that he was so overly cocky and a butthole. Made it even worse, and then when he got caught, he couldn't admit it. Right, yeah, he couldn't yeah. just say. It. And then he had his trainer take the take a jail time for him. Right. That's what made him even more of a dick. So I'm just like, I, I wouldn't put him in there only because of that, not because right. of his stat wise. Yeah, put him in there, but I, but just what he did, and then after getting caught, still kind of being a dick. Still, now he's humble. Right. It's like a little too late now. It is a little too late, and I so with records and stuff the. Do you, are you um, like an asterisk guy? What do you think about records in sports? Uh, honestly, I guess I, I would divide it by eras. I would you can put an asterisk by it if you want. When people say that, yeah. But I just say I would separate by okay. This is the stereo era. We're gonna put these stats separate from this era, and then the Willie Mays, all that stuff we put separate. But Willie Mays, all he ate was cornbread and collard greens, man. So that's yeah. basically what he ate. 
And that's when he got all the all the hits and so Hank Aaron, all those guys. So right. I gotta appreciate those guys for doing it the natural way. And the guys that did it the other way, I know they wanted an edge and they were competitive. So I can't totally like scold them. You know, they were just like, okay, I see this guy juicing it. He's getting he's hitting 300. I'm hitting 250. I want to get up there. I'll do whatever it takes. It takes that competitive edge. Sometimes right. cheating is cheating, but you your competitors are most. Some, if some guys don't care, you know, they get the money. They're not juicing. They get lazy. They don't want to practice anymore. Yeah. So at least you have that effort into, all right, I want to get better. I'll do whatever it takes. Right. And there are several eras that you have to kind of break it up into because the era before uh, blacks were allowed in the major leagues, when you had the Negro leagues and you had the, uh, the regular major league baseball, those guys set, the white guys set records, but it, you got to take in the fact they weren't playing against any black guys or any uh, Hispanic guys. Uh, exactly. You know what? <laughs> it, yeah. It's not it's not a fair comparison to compare those to, to players that are playing today. Um, yeah, baseball totally as a whole, with all the rule changes and stuff, you you you, you okay with all the uh, crazy <sighs> rule stuff? I see what they're trying to do because I think they're trying to speed the game up. They, but but actually, what they're doing is kind of slowing it down even more. But yeah. they're trying to speed it up, trying to make it more, uh, I guess, culturally diverse, where it's like some of the younger kids can get into it. So now they're making where the guy can hit the home run and do a dance, and and uh, you know what I'm talking about? And, yeah, but, it's showbiz. It's more it, showbiz. Yeah, because they see how the NBA and the NFL is with the guys celebrating and stuff, and and baseball so clean cut and kind of like I right, hit. You go on base, nobody, blah, 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 blah. Even with hockey, it's fast-paced, and the guys can still fight. <laughs> you yeah, notice yeah, when it comes yeah. to hockey, nobody ever stops the fighting. It's cool. Like, oh, he knocked him out. Or, yeah, but let it go. for, And the rest break it up after a while. But with baseball, it's, it's, I think they're just trying to speed the game up to make it more likable for the younger players that are coming up. Well, that, and that's this is kind of – baseball is seen as losing popularity in America. But in the rest of the world – uh, in Asia and in South America and in in, in uh, Central America, baseball is growing in popularity. Those countries really love the game, so I think it's becoming a really international sport. Uh, but I think we always focus too much on the American intention and all that kind of stuff. So that's true. I, I agree with that. I agree with yeah. that. I, yeah. And plus, I mean, if you look at the contracts in baseball, though. Compared, like, man, some of these guys. So, of course, if I was going to play a sport and and being overseas or whatever, and I'm really good at that sport, baseball would be the one I would choose. That's what guaranteed contracts. And some of these guys are getting, what, 10 years, 300 million, 400 million now? Right. What's his name? Bryce Harper? Right. That guy. The ironic thing about Bryce Harper, I like him. He's a really good player. But the ironic thing is he leaves a team, and right when he leaves the team, He's supposed to be the best player. They win the World Series right. the very next year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to be a most valuable player if they can win with, without you. Brent yeah. Rickey, who used to own, uh, I think, the L.A. Dodgers, uh, Brooklyn Dodgers, mm. uh, used to say uh, to, to players when they'd want to renegotiate, well, we came in last place w uh, with you. We could come in last place without you. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I can't really knock that. <laughs> what I'm confused about, because I've only been away from baseball for a little more over 10 years now, but going back the other day, two lineups, and 
it, back and again, not that long ago, a player hitting 200 would be sent to the minors. I saw five players on each team in the lineup, in the starting lineup, with 200 averages or below, like guys hitting 190. You're getting Jeez. paid millions of dollars to hit 190? I'm thinking maybe I should go back. I'm 63 <laughs> years old. I'm going to try out for the Mets. I, I could hit 190. Come on. <laughs> What's no, going no, on no. with averages? Well, yeah. well, mind you, like, were they, were they like young players, like first one or two year players? Or I, I know I you're mean, saying Dom like, well, Smith. Dom, Dom Smith is not a, a young, I mean, he's not a rookie. I mean, he's been around for a while. And lots of guys, yes, yeah, some of them were, were beginning play, rookies and stuff. But still, uh, they, a rookie would get cut. If, Willie Mays got cut for uh, after if being in a slump when they first brought him up. He got sent back down to the minors. That, that's what would happen if you didn't 200. Now, mm. I'm not talking 250, 270 or whatever, which would be a respectable number back in the yeah. day. 200 was an – they called it the Mendoza line, and anybody hitting below the Mendoza line would be shipped to the minors automatically. Now it's it, you can make millions of dollars for hitting 180. Hitting uh, 180. Well, yeah, you know what? I mean, maybe the league is slightly – Knowing yeah. their standards somewhat, yeah. I guess. I, if it's like that, I, somebody I, says I, because the pitching got better. I don't believe that's true. I don't. Who, I, may, yeah. Well, you know what? You got that one. What's that one dude out there in uh, the place for the Angels, man? Uh, the guy from Japan. That guy. Oh yeah, yeah. The guy who's like the Babe Ruth. He, he hits and he pitches and he dude. Does. That guy. I'm, I, I, he's going to be the next. I guarantee you he's going to be the next four hundred million dollar guy. I put wow. money on that. Wow. They're going to pay him for. I guarantee. Insane money. money when you think about that stuff. Now, how much do you make make at a comedy? I should probably shouldn't ask you, but for doing like a comedy set compared to what athletes get, uh, basically, uh, basically, what you what an athlete will find underneath the shoe, like money wise. Oh yeah, I found fucking a hundred dollars or less, or when his couch. I maybe, yeah, comedy is a is a rough road because you're dealing with promoters, and yeah. some promoters don't want to pay you. <laughs> yeah, so you no, basically have, you have to go find coming. them. Yep, it's, it's anything in the entertainment arts. It's almost an all constant uh, chasing down people for your money. Kiera is back now for for the happy minute. Hang with us for this. I'm going to bring her in yeah. right. Kiera, meet Otis. Otis, meet Kiera. Hi, hey, Otis. Pleasure meeting you. I always see you guys every morning when I before I go to work. Now, really? You were yes. sitting I didn't in know the anybody background watched. wearing glasses. You were wearing glasses. I've never seen you wear glasses before. Oh, yes, you have. These are I my have? glasses. Guess you I have. Like, I like them. If I don't wear these, I can't see anybody. So That's it's one or the other. You don't want to see way. You don't want to see me anyway. So I join everybody <laughs> with the glasses? No, I can't Ooh. wear my glasses. I like it. What's wrong with that? Hey, this is know. the focal clue. They were all focal. <laughs> what? <laughs> Huh? No, wait, that's... Were you listening? Do you know that Otis used to work in, in a sex shop? Really? Yes, he was. That's got yeah. to gotta be awkward. Is it, it awkward? It, it was somewhat, but it, after a while, it was somewhat gratifying to help people in their uh, sexual, like, not being deprived sexually and be able to help them out a little bit. It was nice. <laughs> really? Yeah, I've gone in there. I've gone in a couple of times. My friend used to shop there all the time. Oh yeah, your friend. No, 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 no. Oh wait, and we're getting she... to some good stuff now. Your friend. No, Let's hear about no, your friend. She... Yeah. That's what they all say. No, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. 
she uh-huh. took me in there because I was single and she said, you need, you, you, you know, you need some help or whatever. She showed me, show me the aisle. This is the aisle. And I, I looked at all of them and I'm like, all right, whatever. She's like, this is what I use. I said, well, that's just weird if we're using the same kind of thing. Right. <laughs> but then they had this, this sex swing and it was oh, like, yeah. yeah, it was, um, anchored in the wall or whatever. It's hanging from, I mean, hanging from the ceiling and I'm looking at it. And the, and the guy that worked there goes, let me just demonstrate how it works. And he sits in the sex <laughs> swing and he's like, your feet would go in the stirrups like this. And he's, and he's spread eagle with his feet in the stirrups, <laughs> leaning back. And I'm just like, I, I'm like, I, I got to get out of here. Now, I have to ask, was this after church on a Sunday? <laughs> no. Because we were, we were talking earlier, and I noticed that in, in Missouri, when I, I drive through there, they have the sex shops, but the sex shops are almost like always next to a church or something. And Missouri is known for being uh, like the porn capital of the United States, but it's also what? known it's also known as like a very religious state. Uh, so we you have this conflict of people, I mean, going to church. Uh, Fornicating on Saturday night and going to church on Sunday morning. Uh, are you from Missouri? No, no, he's from El Paso, Texas. No, no, oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. But he, he said he had a, a sex shop in like a couple of hundred yards away from a church, mega really? church. Really? Yeah, they will come right after the sermon. No. Yes, literally oh. come after the sermon. Oh, I have wow. no problem <laughs> believing that. Oh, oh no God. problem oh, believing that whatsoever. <laughs> Hey, everybody has sex, even religious people. I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah. where would more religious people come from if nobody was having sex? Exactly what I have to say to people. Like, don't be embarrassed of it. Like, it's part of life. We are really hung up about sex. This is the problem with humans. Like, we we wait, can't wait, talk wait, wait, about wait. it. We're embarrassed by it. What? Wait, wait. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. No, say, what? Speak, speak for yourself. I, I am. I am. <laughs> I have become yeah, open. more open to talking about well uh you didn't know about um sex robots now wait a minute i want to get back to the swing thing because (laughs) i got an idea for a product like you know they got the the swing sets you put in your backyard for kids and stuff what about like an outdoor sex swing set for you for you like a swing set (laughs) and the slide oh my god (laughs) 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 if we are if we're really open about it why not have it in the backyard um, oh, if you're God. into that, some some people like people watching. Uh, yeah, some people would like that. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I don't Louis know. C- Louis C.K. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I I have neighbors here, and they have balconies, and and sometimes I'll I'll have the shades open, and I'll be doing like my kickboxing on YouTube, and Matt's like, there are people watching you. Close that shade. So I don't think we would be up for uh, you know a, a sex swing playset outside. There's a porn Kelly, Kelly's, in Missouri, Kelly's in Missouri, and she's in the middle of the cornfields. There's a porn <laughs> porn warehouse in Sedalia, in the middle of a cornfield. Uh, My God! Woo. Just like I knew, I'd find it. Just trek through the cornfields, right? So I there's not there's no die. aliens in the cornfields. It's it's uh, perverts. You I, I guarantee that? you, they probably have a vibrator that looks like an ear of corn. I guarantee you. Hmm. I know a joke. I, I, know, I was I, thinking I that same thing. Like the because in the love 
love song video. There's a thing with me and Mikey at the corn stalk. So corn stalk like this, and me and Mike. So the the corn stalk was was the penis, and Mikey's head and my head were the balls. Oh my! <laughs> Do you know that I I have you? Otis, you've never watched the love song video, have you? No, I haven't. I I joined their. I'm in their band, right? I joined the band, and I'm in the band for a year. And I started working with Mikey and someone made a comment about Mikey and his distasteful choice in music and music videos. And wow. I said, what, I said, what are they talking about? And I went on YouTube and I looked, I watched the love song uh, music video. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. There's Mikey. He's in a truck with the woman. The woman's legs are up like this. And. <laughs> Like, now, oh I, my I, God. I wrote that song and put that video together, so I feel like they're, they're talking about me. Mikey loved doing it. I never, I thought, I thought it was a joke that would last thirty seconds and be gone and out of my life. I did not know it would be like something that's been around for twenty years or so. <laughs> but uh, he loves it. But so that's really a criticism of me more than Mikey because I it was my no thing. i mean if he if he was the one who wanted to do all the the innuendos in the background and everything then you know but the lady now the i lady gotta was see upset. this well, oh, i'm gonna i'm thinking of i could pull it up right now just to show yes. the the corn stalk thing um <laughs> i didn't i, gotta see I didn't i didn't see you guys being testicle heads i didn't see that and realize that well, so. let me see here uh gotta stop it oh wait stop and it's back. weird when when the fans are like, "Do love song," and you know it's always <laughs> at the end of the night, and they're and they're like basically undressing for Mikey right as he's singing, and I'm, and and we always have a joke like I never saw him. that basically undressing while he's singing. I know they're always all over him. All right, they're I'm going to share this. It take it it's a it's a two and a half minute song, so I'll play the whole thing because this coin stalker part. What, the what whole I mean? thing. Coin. Well. Yeah, I won't play the whole thing, but I'll just. Like, who's that? <laughs> um, That was the girl who was the singer on, before baby. you. Oh, yeah, what yeah. happened? I Come lost. Ah. Oh, yeah. I like that. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> My holster. Come on, baby. Won't you squeeze a little tighter? I want to know if you're screaming for a fighter. Hey, why? It keeps losing. All I'm looking for is a good old nighter. I go the distance like a good prize fighter. They are kickboxing in your window. Let's do the nasty on the rope song. Wow. Come on, baby. Oh, don't say it, Mike. What do you mean? You know, they're never playing that on the radio. Who is this woman? <laughs> I think corn stalk party is coming up. On, baby, well, he's in a cornfield. Ah. Oh. It's a rock. It's a rock. Who's that? Hey, slow down there. Look yeah. at the way. <laughs> I'd like to take it. Oh, my God. Ah. Uh. All I'm saying is what the hell. 
I couldn't tell that you guys were the balls. Yeah. Oh, okay, I, oh, okay, I see you now. You get it? We're, uh, we're the testicles, the corn sucks. Uh, the ball. Uh, I like the sexual you. innuendos. Yeah. I like uh, it. You got, this whole video has sexual innuendos all through it. I love it. Uh, the rock, the rock was pretty nasty for <laughs> me. Yeah. I really thought it was some, you know, yeah. so gross. Yeah. So uh, we played that one time. We were at um, a Republican fa- fundraiser. We were playing at and. It was a daytime thing. Lots of families out. And Mikey said, let's play Love Song. And everybody in the band said, yeah, crazy. You're out of your mind. Oh, just do it. People love that song. So we played it. And like 20 seconds into this, no, a little more than 20 seconds. The first time we got to the first F-bomb, a woman came running up and started yelling at Mikey. Get children here. What's wrong with you? (laughs) uh, It was not a good good scene. No, I I am so... I mean, I think it's funny, but the women make me uncomfortable every time we sing that song. There's like always some woman way too into it in the background, like you know. <laughs> See, this like, is the thing. You just said you were very open about it and all this stuff, and then when, uh, wait, when we play that wait. song, which really has no profanity in it and no real. Uh, I just don't like watching someone, you know, getting into it, and you know, especially when they're seventy-year-old <laughs> women, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty bad. You know, we had one fan who, uh, one woman who, back in the day, and I'm talking 20 years ago now, I was in my early 40s, and this woman was already in her, she's probably older than I am now, like late 60s, almost 70, and we were playing a New Year's Eve gig. Oh, we got to say goodbye to Govs. Time to say goodbye to Govs. And, Come on, um, Govners. And this one, it's New Year's Eve, and midnight came, and this woman came up to kiss me, and uh, I didn't want to be kissed, and she just grabbed my face and she kissed me, and she shoved the tongue down my throat, but I could mm. feel nice. I could feel her beard on my face. It was like kissing <laughs> Hey, hey! Oh my God. And Mikey would laugh his ass off. He thought that was the funny because I pushed the back. Like, <laughs> I didn't talk to her for like eight years after that. But uh, oh my god! Yeah. Uh, the only so, thing I asked is, you used to wear the overalls again. Can you wear the overalls again? Yeah, I, I do have. A, I just still have those overalls. Yeah, uh, I, I barely fit into them now. I'm just like I'm a big fat man now. My my favorite song that you've ever done is um, uh, the No Borders song, where you were dressed as. As a Native American, and that was like the coolest. That was the coolest. I gotta see all these videos. Yeah, you should. You should show that. Broken borders. Broken borders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So, did you bring us something? uh, Something happy? Something? I mean, not that all of this stuff wasn't happy and uplifting, uh, sexual innuendos and whatnot. Yes, it was. Um. I I actually wanted to send you this video. Because it was pretty funny. But I can't send it to you now. Um, an Arkansas... Oh, this is from UPI. Okay, you know, we all know that. Arkansas baseball fan catches a raccoon in the stands. But you have to listen to the interview because the guy was... Uh, he was making me laugh. A University of Arkansas baseball fan became a viral hero when he used his bare hands to catch a raccoon that dashed through the stands between innings. He's out of his mind. That's dangerous shit. Yeah, it is. But he... But he but the people, um, the people have been interviewing him. It's actually 
it's going pretty viral. I don't know if you've heard about it, but uh, they have the picture of him holding up the raccoon like this. Oh, my and God. The, and the picture, the raccoon is biting his hand. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, and he had to go get the rabies shots. Yeah, and he's, and he's talking about it. He's like, yeah, you know, I just did what my instincts told me to. I grabbed the raccoon and he bit me and it's all right. I threw him out. <laughs> that dude needs. That dude needs to move to Florida today. He belongs yeah. in Florida. Go catch alligators that way. My instinct. I had yeah, a guy. My instincts told me to grab this. You know. When I worked for the rabies. When I worked for the cult, uh, one of the guys who worked for me, one of the guys on my crew, we were coming out of a restaurant one night and we saw a skunk like three hundred yards away. And uh, somebody said, oh, there's a skunk over there. And the guy just said, I'll get it. And he ran after it. I was like, no, <laughs> you don't want to get it. And he ran after the skunk, and the skunk sprayed him. And then uh. he stunk so bad. We were the next morning after he had done the tomato soup bath and everything to try to destink himself. We were in a, a hotel ballroom a good thousand feet from away away from him and we could smell him we could smell the skunk everywhere he could not get it, and it permeated uh, that far like in inside a wow, building wow. yeah wait what uh, wait 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 hold on back up what cult you worked for a cult yeah i, I didn't tell you about the cult <laughs> <laughs> i told you about the Na nasa uh the head of nasa space uh got it space yes uh, that i was the woman who used to run that wrote a book on hands-on healing, a hands-on healing, but it was uh, it was spiritual healing, chakra healing, all that kind of stuff. And it's okay. not hands-on; it's really hands-over. And she basically go Ooh, and cure your chakras and all that kind of stuff. She wrote a book on that and and started teaching classes on it. And then she developed a four-year university for it. And she used to channel this guide from uh, Atlantis called Haywin. And Haywin, uh, she would, she's an older woman now. She's uh, basically sitting in a chair in front of this whole class, 1,200 people in the class. And these people are paying $20,000 a semester to go what? study this stuff from her. And mm -hmm. they're like very educated, smart people. And she would be up there and she would be channeling Haywin from Atlantis. And Haywin had a Oriental, uh, Asian accent, and uh, which is weird. Because if Atlantis is not in Asia, it was in in the Atlantic. But and she had a sibilance, like a kind of a lispy speech impediment. So she would she would go into Haywin and start talking about like, and, Stop it. I know it was really weird to see and listen to. And <laughs> but she would be in a trance and I'd be like in charge of the audio video crew. And she would be, she's telling, and then she, all of a sudden, she look up with me with one eye and say, and, and, and so you could tell that, like, this whole thing was like a, a whole scam, and people were just like, cause the whole room sitting there with their eyes closed, like, in a trance, and she's looking over at me, telling me to make her mic louder and stuff. So the head of NASA was hosting a cult scam. No, this was long after she left NASA, because... No, when she was, <laughs> what happened, what convinced her, now this is, this is interesting stuff, what, what convinced her to uh, leave NASA and, and, and become a hands-on healer and all this stuff, her daughter was a baby, and one night Satan came 
into a uh, house, came into a house through a window and was stealing her baby. And she did battle with Satan. And she made Satan, she beat Satan. She defeated him and made Satan run away crying. Uh, I told you yesterday, I told you she was batshit crazy. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That is, that is crazy. Yeah. Wow. That cult still exists. And Bill... Uh, Bill, the, the guy who played bass with us, and will be playing guitar with us. Uh, uh, oh, play. Bill, you know Bill. Wait, he's playing. Oh, when? When is he playing? I love Bill. Uh, Bill is at uh, uh, Venetian with us this month. Like, Wait, he's playing guitar. What are you gonna play? I'm playing guitar too. Whatever. He's a oh, he's just playing. Oh, he's coming. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, uh, he yeah, was yeah, he, he he was still working for them up until about a year ago. He was still ah. working the whole time since then. I saw I was in the nineties when I uh, ah. was working for them, but he's wow. still he's been there that whole time. Ah. Um, still exists, still part of it's a worldwide thing now. They have offices all around the and uh, and so. Campuses. Did you see it working for anybody? Did no, it... people would die. But I saw <laughs> like a guy. A guy came in complaining he had testicle cancer. His complaint was he had testicle cancer. He put him on the table. She go oh, over his nuts and uh, tell him he was cured. And then he go home and die. Stop it! Stop it! Wow. Yeah, yeah. Go die of ten because he believed he was cured. Not going to go to a regular doctor and die. Um, Is she still practicing? She mm-hmm. she's got Alzheimer's. Now. She's like oh she's, okay. Yeah, yeah, she's, I'm like, what? She I think she's in a nursing home. Uh, um, oh. Yeah. But the one thing that the the most prominent I should put it, I should have put this in the book because uh, it's not in the she, book. No, the story about she, one time she did a DNA healing. A DNA healing in her mind was, uh, and I, sh- I shouldn't give away too many details on this because I might get open to lawsuits and all stuff. She was doing a young girl. She was going to be doing a DNA healing on, and what that meant was. She was regressing the person on the table back to a singular cell or organism, organism, like an amoeba or something, and then that split, and she became, and it became a more complex organism, working its way up the DNA chain. It became a head of broccoli, then it became a she. It's a, a young girl. She's now a now a head of lettuce. Now she's a chicken. Now she's a, a goat. And Ada and they're videotaping this whole thing, and the whole ceremony looks like a gang rape. There are guys. There's a guy with a flute, and he's blowing into her vagina. And he's playing the flute like into her vagina. She's writhing and like acting like she's getting raped. She's like, yeah, but enjoying the rape in some way. Very you said she's a little girl. Not a little girl. She was in her twenties. A young. Oh, young oh woman. my gosh! And, okay. and so this other guy is holding her head in his crotch while she's going. Arr, arr. Uh, and, and, and all this is going on, and there are women around and and men around, and they're all like touching her and ooh and ooh and blowing the flute. Oh my god, stop! Man. And this is going on for eight <laughs> hours, nine hours, and and she okay, she's now a goat, and oh, oh, looks like we're out of time, so uh, we're kind of stuck here. <laughs> Matt, can you come here for a minute? And they call me up to the stage. And say, she's um, she's still she's a. a a gazelle. She's a gazelle, and she can't drive a car with gazelle hooves. So I'm going to need you to drive her car home for her. We'll take her home because uh, I, I'm done with the healing, and I haven't brought her all the way back to being human yet. She's a gazelle. And now 
1,200 <laughs> people in the audience are swearing she's a gazelle. I'm like, wow. She's still, still the same girl she was when she was getting gang raped. Uh, <laughs> on the same. Seriously. Seriously. I had to drive her car all the way. Home. This is from New Jersey all the way to Montauk, New York. Uh, because she, could, <laughs> she couldn't drive a car with gazelle hubs. Right. So what happened? So did they? Did they? So they finish? brought her. Eventually, uh, the, she brought herself back to being human over time. I guess over the next forty-eight hours, she resolved her own DNA, whatever it was, and came back to being human in their minds. But you know, it basically, it's like uh, I look like this at the start. I look like this at the end. But you're going to tell me I'm a head of lettuce, a, a broccoli, chicken, whatever. You know, Matt, food. you do look like a head of lettuce. That's what. That's what it is. <laughs> Thank you very much. You you came here to insult me. After oh my god! This is proves you can make anybody believe anything, though. If you look I at know. it. Yep. Yeah. No matter what era, what decade. Now, even now, you can make anybody believe anything. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And so, it, you know, during that whole episode and that part of my life, I did meet people. I swear to God, this is true. The one girl I met who was kind of into, she swore that she had personal relations with the Easter Bunny. <laughs> she just wanted all the eggs. Yeah. And I, then later, when I was in L.A., uh, I was in L.A. with them. Now, I'm, watching, I'm up in my hotel room, and I got 60 Minutes on. And there's a 60 minute, and she's on 60 <laughs> minutes of talking about a UFO abductions where she was a, a, abducted by a UFO. The same girl who I knew, who uh, mm. I, I don't want to say a name, but I was like, Oh, wait, look at what it And she, she had, you know, sex with the, the Easter Bunny. And now she's on 60 minutes talking about aliens mm. being abducted by aliens. Mm. Wow, that's crazy. I, can yeah, I ask so to your point, can I ask a question? Like, when sure, she told please. you that, when she yeah. told you that, She's hot, right? So did you just go like this? Uh, yeah. That's, yes, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I absolutely was. They thought. See, there was a lot of because it was all. It was like ninety percent women, hot, and a lot of them are hot women. Uh, and so people were, thought I was in the cult because often when they were doing their stuff, I would play along and go because I had a crew working the sound and, and video stuff, and I had a lot of leeway to do whatever i want so i would go participate in part of the stuff just to try to i was thinking i was gonna get laid and <laughs> i was single at the time uh. and it was working for me and there were a lot of so yes i would play along sure i got i'll fuck you like the easter bunny whatever and <laughs> oh uh, there was a lot of that there, there, there oh. was a lot of that going on and one of the very first times Right after I was hired, first of all, the first day I was hired, I basically was hired to be an audio video guy. I come in and I'm wearing a suit and I got my head all nice and waxed up, shine bright, nice and bright. And I come in <laughs> and they're all wearing white robes and and I'm wearing a black suit with, with the white shirt and a tie and stuff. And But the head looks like immaculate. I had my head like shining. And I come into the room and they all go, oh. <laughs> and they think they think I'm like a guest guru or something. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm like the new, their new messiah or whatever. And they started looking like, oh, what is your purpose here? 
Uh, I'm just running this down. I did oh, a magic. I did a magic show for them once, do you know magic tricks? But they thought, and and the head of the cult was really jealous because uh, a lot of them started believing in in my magic stuff and believing I was like, you know, the real thing. Um, and so she got jealous of that. We became a real, a real, because they had me up on stage and they were all celebrating me, and I had the whole, the entire cult chanting my name, Matt, Matt, Matt. Matt, Bill's standing next to me. I'm like getting choked up now because I, you know, to have that happen to you, like I could see how these cult got cult leaders get seduced by that kind of thing, where uh, these people adore you and they're chanting your name and thinking you're. What did somebody... you do? Did you juggle like six balls and then they disappeared? Oh no, I was doing mind reading. I was doing like fire from the hands and stuff. Uh, and what? Lot, mind reading and psychic stuff, and uh, and so. They all thought it was real, you know, doing my Kreskin act. Man, you but, could have started your own cult, man. I know. That's that, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Because, And that's what the woman saw. The woman who was the head of the cult, she felt like I was taking a crap from her and became really contentious then. And so the next stop we had was in Seattle. All right. Let me close my mouth. The whole time I've been like. <laughs> go ahead. Next, go ahead. next stop, we're in Seattle, and she's doing a workshop for. There's a bunch of people from Italy who came to to this workshop, and she's doing her nightly talk. And uh, I'm in the back of the room, and it's just me and her now. My crew is back in New Jersey because when we did the road shows, uh, it was just me that went with it. And she starts t- uh, telling this crowd, these people who came to see her and adore her and think she's the Messiah. She <sighs> starts telling them how. I gave her pneumonia by wrapping a wire, uh, an audio wire in the wrong direction on the stage. And it created a negative energy field, which put a hole in her aura, which gave her pneumonia and almost killed her. So now this whole room that adores her turns around and looks at me and like I'm Satan and they want me dead. And that was all from her being jealous of thinking the cult was going to start following me. This shit is not in the book. It should be in the book. It should, yes, it should be. <laughs> we should just, yeah. I think that Otis and I should interview you from birth to now. <laughs> just just so that, you know, one episode, I think we would need a couple hours. It'd have to be like, you know, in seg- in parts. But I think you need 63 be- years. Because every, t- every time you open your mouth, there's another story that makes my mouth, uh, What? I can't. Wow. I mean, wow. I I uh, thought I had stories. I thought I could write a book. Kelly's saying the book isn't done. The book was done two and a half weeks ago. It's in the editor's uh, hands now, but I definitely going to, I'm certain that the editor is going to say, no, this needs to rewrite. This needs to rewrite. (laughs) Grammar wise, um, uh, you know. Sometimes I get, you know, distracted as I do when I'm talking. I go off on tangents. The book is not all that cohesive. I'm sure I'm going to have to do lots of rewrites. There's not enough time to put go down the whole cult road because there are so many of those stories. Uh, wow. Like, yeah. I mean, I traveled the world with it. So I'll tell you one. The world. Wow. One, yeah. I'll tell you one. So the very first day I was there after the I walked in the room and they gave me that old Wow, he's one. He's the one. Um, she had a teachers-only session, so she was going to do a uh, kind of a meditation 
for all, all only the teachers there. In a, so there's like 80 teachers in, in for the university that she had set up. Um, and she gets up out on stage <laughs> and she, she I just got I just got back from Bali, a Bali where we were in the, the Valley of Souls and they taught me this incredible meditation. And I want you to I want you all to do this with me. I want you to stand up and all the teachers stand up. Now it's like eighty women and two guys. <laughs> and she says, I want you to take your, your middle finger. And I want to put. I want you to put it right in your clitoris, and I, I want you to start making little circles on your clitoris. And so, um, she's up on stage making little circles on her clitoris with her middle finger, and then all these women start fingering themselves, but they're making little circles, and then they're, they're like giving themselves orgasms. And this is my first day what on the, the job. What did the, what the, the guy do? What the guys are like doing, try, uh, rubbing their dick, I guess, but uh, <laughs> they got their finger doing it. But I'm like, it, it's not going to work for you guys. You know, it's not going to work for you. But you don't have, I mean, it, it was to the point where seeing 80 women fingering themselves, you want to take it out and start beating it off anyway. It's like, <laughs> I'm watching, I'm watching some, uh, some of the teachers were hot and some of them not. But yeah, um, what an experience, which is Michael's in the room. If he, if you wonder where my jadedness about all this stuff comes from, oh my gosh, this is where it comes from. Seeing wait, a cult wait, wait, wait. leader, was this before herself. or after the autopsies? Oh, before, way before. Wow, it was two, wow. Profe- two professions before I got into pathology. Yeah, no, but so, and, and again, every there were every kind of belief system. At, at any level was accepted into that uh, organization. So the people who believed she was a messiah and Haywin from Atlantis and, and she also channeled the goddess energy where she, they would all dress in white and she would become the goddess and had a full heart player with her everywhere she went. A heart player is Marjorie who passed away now, who was a lovely person, uh, would play harp for her and she would go Ooh. into these meditations. Oh. And sometimes the meditations, she would like guide the meditations and say stuff. But sometimes, and I'm audio recording this stuff, sometimes it was quiet for eight hours. They'd sit there in a room, quiet, just eight hours. And I'm supposed to record this. I'm recording silence. And they want to buy the tapes when we're done. And it's nothing but silence. Wow. And one of those, it was the most bizarre thing I ever saw. They are doing this meditation and everybody's silent and one person starts coughing (laughs) and then the next person starts coughing and then before you know it 1200 people are coughing their faces off like constantly for like three hours like three hours straight just every every person in the room just (laughs) and i got that all on tape and they bought that tape why (laughs) matt did you fart again did you eat the beans the night before I didn't. <laughs> no. Uh, no. That is crazy and insane. I know. Wow. I've never heard anything like that before in my life. I know. Wow. And that's oh, not dear, in the Dear book. Jesus. Oh, my goodness. And wow. to, to give you an idea of how crazy my life is, my the book is crazy stuff, and that stuff didn't make the cut. Oh. <laughs> my you want to buy the book now, don't you? Yeah, now I want to buy the book because I'm all like, this is just the a little sample size. I can only imagine what the I, I will definitely buy the book. I, I'm still reading Mike Lindell's book from Crackhead to CEO, which was crazy. Um, mm. I, 
but 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 it, but I thought his life was crazy. I mean, I I it was it was gifted to me the book. I got a my pillow for Christmas, and then I got his book, and I was thinking to myself like, oh, what is this? You know, what has the my pillow guy got, been through? And then I'm reading what crack he's head. been through. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, I've never been a crackhead. I can, <laughs> I, that's that's one thing I've so. imagined. Uh, I I've managed to stay away from. So. Well, that's good. <sighs> yeah. We're, okay. we're, we're over time. We didn't even get really talk, get into Otis's life. Poor and his Otis, you have to invite stuff. him back so we can like you we, know, we definitely get him to will talk about himself. No, it, it's it's like I was just hearing you guys. That just me, made my day right now. Me? Like, yeah, all of you guys. I, I listen was, to him every morning before I go to work. Aww. It's almost like we're right, gonna. Uh, I'm gonna be doing a, a a late night show soon. I'll be launching that, and m- maybe that will be something more. Uh, I, if you want to be part of that, def- definitely be welcome to be a regular part of that, a regular contributor. I'm down, to that. man, definitely um, down. So before we wrap this up, I have your um, your links in your Facebook, your uh, Instagram, and your TikTok uh, scrolling here. You got any gigs coming up you want to let people know about? Oh, the gig I will be in San Antonio. Uh, I don't remember the bar, unfortunately, but I'll be there in San Antonio. Doing jokes, and I'll be at. Um, I think I was at Jokesters Club over there at one point. So if you want to come check me out, more than willing. Are those all listed on your Facebook page and stuff? You list. Yes, book? sir. Uh, now San Antonio is the home of the Alamo, which uh, sadly uh, we've been we've tested Sierra <laughs> on, uh, and she failed. I told failed you I test. skipped school a lot. I I was the one who was like, "What do we need this for?" Right. And I, uh, yeah. have you been to Alamo? No, yeah, I've been to Alamo. Yes, yeah, impressive okay. or not? I liked it. It was all right for what it was. I mean, I, I, I I'm not going to go into it, but there's a lot of history that's left out of stuff. Yeah, that needs to be included. I'll leave it like that. Mm. Oh, now you yes. got me interested. I got to find out more. Well, I believe that. I believe they they completely whitewashed uh, the story, and they tell it from one perspective, which is uh, of course the yeah. Texan side. So uh, yeah, yeah. But there's probably a whole lot of stuff that was left out or distorted and all that stuff. Question uh, everything. I think exactly. you should get me. You know how you have the little dog news? You should have the question everything for me. I'll do that. Yeah, you can record me. To question everything. Yeah, well, well, I'll I have to figure out a good jingle. I think you should uh, question everything. Uh but uh, oh, there are oh, some things like here we like, go. No, 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 we're not. We're not going there. We're not but getting, no, no, when we're not. A, <laughs> point I'm making here is when a girl tells you that she had sex with the Easter Bunny, oh. you should not accept that, no matter how hot she is. You should tell um, her. Maybe listen, she was. Uh, maybe in, uh, in hindsight, I should have said, "Listen, honey, you're hot, and I'd like to fuck you, but you didn't. You didn't have sex with." with sorry, you did. You did what ninety percent of guys would have did. They would have said. Really? What, what what color was the bunny? All that you didn't I did. I no, I did all that. <laughs> wow. And that, I didn't say what color was he, but I, I said was he you know, I I my first reaction was you're talking about a real rabbit, like a six <laughs> you know, a big rabbit, like Harvey the rabbit, like a, yeah. For, for, what are they called? Furries? There there is a No, the furries. I've had Yeah, yeah. I had a DJ on uh, D, uh Avian Avian something, but and he dresses up like a bird when he does his DJ act. He's in Seattle. He's got a huge crowd of following of furries, people that just come out to see him in a dance club, 
and they're all dressed in in the furry outfits. And I'm like, man, it's got to stink. Yeah. How hot is it dancing in a dance club? Any a crowded dance club when you're just wearing a suit or or regular clothes? People now have imagine too much time being on in their a hands. stuffed animal suit. Oh my gosh! Oh Everybody's got to be sweating so bad. It's got to be like just like a complete bo fest. And we're, <laughs> we are we are in the end of times, my dudes. I I yeah. tell you what, it is the weirdest stuff is going on. I, I remember I when I first heard about it. that. You know, oh yeah, I dress as a dog and he dresses as a cat, and you know we get what, what, <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, there's a whole society of that, isn't it? Like they all have a society where they yeah. get together yeah. and yeah. That's Did you have furries ate, ate coming into into your store often looking for? Nah, all I had was guy. One guy came in with assless chaps, and that was about oh, it. Oh my gosh! Wow. He was a good yeah. customer. He was a good customer. That's weird because I used to. I invented this cowboy character that I used to do, and I I had uh, posed with chaps, and one girl got all excited about that about the chaps, and I was like, "That's not something sexual, is it? It's like cowboy outfit from the." And she was like completely turned on by the chaps, and I didn't understand that at all. Like, is that something sexual, chaps? I think it is. When when I went when when I was at the store, yeah, guy would walk in. I remember he we had these little rooms in the back of the store. And he 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 went back there, and he came back, and when he walked out, his ass cheeks were as <laughs> red as cherries. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow! Oh my gosh! Do, do you know about the lunars? But either of you know about the lunars? No. You I know about it lunars, means pe- people's butts. No lunars. Mm. Lunars are into balloons, and but they. They have an orgasm at the sound of a balloon popping. Stop so they it. have Whoa. these they have these parties together where they get all these balloons and like you could pop a balloon and a, the sound triggers an orgasm in them immediate instantly. And I guess they get conditioned to it. And they have these communities of lunars, and it's like a it's a kind of a cult of its own. But in the way that they find new lunars. <laughs> They, at least when this was prevalent, like when cars still had antennas on them, they would go out and, and put a condom on their car antenna or, <laughs> or tie a popped balloon to their car antenna. So if you see cars like driving around with like popped balloons on them. This that's is not a, still going on, right? This yeah, is like yeah, in it the is. 90s? It's, wow. Yeah, no, it's still going on. And, and there's a documentary about it, I think, on Netflix. Uh, but. So that's the way they find each other. So if you see a car driving around with like pop balloons that, tied you're, on, you know on, what, Matt? That's what I want to do in my spare time. I want to watch a Netflix documentary on people getting jiggy with it to the sound of pop balloons. Thank you. <laughs> no, they didn't get jiggy with it. They don't actually do anything. Just, just the sound of the pop pop balloons. But why that orgasm. sound? Why not like a xylophone or you know? <laughs> I don't Anything. know. It's something they get hooked on it, I guess, at a young age. And some of them, I mean, it's a part of like, uh, oh, pop it for me, pop it for me. And if somebody just You're squeezing giving the balloon me and they anticipate it. Up. Wow. That yeah. is, I thought a harmonica would be like a sound people want to get off on, but not a balloon. Or a flute, or a yaz flute. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I'd be like, all right, it makes sense. Not well, that guy, the guy with the girl on the table who did the DNA stuff, the guy was playing the flute right into her vagina. Yeah, that this, gets me. This was a white guy, <laughs> a, a white guy, a completely, you know, a white guy. 
a white guy, oh but he had God. long, long black hair and he dressed like an Indian and he wanted oh. people to believe he was an Indian. So he walked around all the time with flutes and stuff, like trying, you know, playing sure, up like Kenny Indian G, costume man? stuff. <laughs> you sure it wasn't Kenny G, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a fake Indian. Uh, uh, and, and I'm, I'm sure real Native Americans would be like really uh, offended by this guy's attire and the way he kind of just played it up the fake indian stuff but yeah, so but he played I the don't... flute right into her vagina <laughs> oh my gosh with her mother standing right there oh her geez. mother was the one doing oh i didn't shouldn't been i need to do a nice <laughs> i need to do a nice cleanse for this from this episode a nice colon cleanse or something <laughs> Well, get it on video. We'll air it tomorrow morning. <laughs> it's working, Matt. It's working. Uh, right. No, I really need to like do some meditation and prayers after this. This session was very right. weird. And it wasn't Otis. It was you, Matt. <laughs> I know. I know. It was all me. Otis, uh, we we know you got to get to work, man. So I'm gonna. I'm. Gonna, I appreciate your time here. Please do come back, and we'll spend more time will, focusing man. on you than my culture. Yeah. No, it was. Here. It was fun, man. Either way, you guys are both awesome. Keep oh, doing what you, you do. You guys keep me entertained every morning. Aww. So I appreciate it. When I'm dealing with traffic, I get to at least listen to you guys. All right. so thank That's you. Beautiful. Thanks for being part of it. And please do stay in touch and come on back whenever you whenever you want. I will, man. Y'all be All easy. Right. Be blessed, man. Bye. bye. For now. Yeah. Bless. bye for now. All right. Now, with you, I'm just saying bye to you. you I, do I need to play your music to let you out? Yes, I do. I can't, uh, I can't let you out. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, we'll do a Question everything. All right. I'll work, I'll, I'll work. Well, why don't you just sing that? And just sing a, a single line like that into your phone and send me the audio file, and then I'll work it into a... I have to think of a good jingle. I This is so much pressure. It doesn't have to be anything major. Just, just question everything. That's fine. Just just like you just did it. I want it to be, I want it to be the best. I want it to be like a commercial. What's a commercial? I can't think of anything. Uh, 800-588-2310. Oh. Something like that. Yeah, uh, how about, it's gonna be stuck in everyone's heads. Someone we heard a commercial the other day, one eight hundred cars for kids. That's uh, yeah. and they were saying because gas is uh, gas prices are so high, this is a good time to give away your car. Call one. Uh, I swear to God, this that wow. was the that was the the point of the commercial because you, <laughs> gas prices are so high. Get rid of your car, just give it away. <laughs> you, I remember you played. He Matt played uh one eight hundred cars for kids. Well, there was a lull between sets <laughs> at the gig, and people were like, hey, I know that song. <laughs> so you're going to give your car away yeah. because you can't afford to pay for gas? Um, I need my car right now. Yeah, but... most people do. I can't imagine giving your car away. Uh, just There's no way they're... I could get to, to baseball practice uh, five times a week without it. I mean, I'm thinking of investing in a horse, but where would I keep it in this complex? Tied up, you know, <laughs> in the back. People would steal my horse. There you go. There's conversation for another day. We're going to talk yes, about yes, the horse yes. that Kiara is getting. Uh, All right. I'm, I'm letting you out of the room. Goodbye. Question everything. Question everything. Well, there you have it. Another day, another show, another fucking clusterfuck of insanity um this time it was mostly uh, on me uh i don't know how i got on the uh, i brought up the cult trend uh tangentially <laughs> and uh somehow i got 
into lots of cult stories. Anyway, appreciate Otis being here. Again, TikTok, uh, big-headed comedian, Instagram, at Otis, uh, Hicks Otis, and uh, Facebook.com, uh, Otis.Hicks.1. Check that out. Uh, appreciate it if you follow Otis. If you're in the El Paso, or West Texas area, please support Otis Hicks and his comedy, and we do appreciate you uh, being part of that. Anyway, that's the show for today. I have a show tonight at 8 p.m., the Mind Dog TV show. Uh, Authors of a book called Love Hurts. Love Hurts. But Hertz is not H-U-R-T-S. It's H-E-R-T-Z, like audio waveform. Uh, they're authors of a book about love and audio, I guess. We'll find out. That seems interesting. You know, the only way to find out, I guess, is to tune in and see what it's all about. That's at 8 p.m. Eastern tonight. Uh, and other than that, I'll be back with you tomorrow morning uh, with Zenith, uh, Zenith Nevers is his last name. Zenith. Uh, Zenith is a comedian who's more of a... You'll find out tomorrow, but he's a giver. He's a guy who does um, a lot of corporate events, but he has set up a a children's foundation, and his comedy is not comedy club-based. It's more for private events and stuff like that, but I have to say he's one of the most professional or courteous people ever uh, in the entertainment industry. We've we've rescheduled him a couple of times, but he's one of these guys who uh, and one of the guys, he's the only guy I know who has like been so conscientious to call every time there's been a change. Call me directly. Let's talk about it. And willing to adjust his schedule to to mine and all that kind of stuff. Just um, a really courteous person. You know, that's uncommon in anything in entertainment. Anyway, that's the show for today. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, love love your questions and comments. Please do support our sponsors. Uh, go to the Patreon page, sign up if you can. You know, you can sign up for as little as a dollar a month to help keep this thing on the air. Maybe uh, help keep uh, the happy minute segment going because, uh, you know, how long can we do this without funding it? I do have plans for the nighttime show and have signed up several writers. Still looking at some space issues to do uh, uh, the show in. Have a great voiceover coming from uh, somebody you will recognize uh, running thing. And the most important thing I want to say for today, make sure you catch uh, the upcoming version of, of Dykes and Man, the birthday boy special. Both Carl and Jamie are celebrating their birthdays back to back. Today's Carl's birthday. Tomorrow is Jamie's birthday. Uh, lots of special guests being part of that thing. Should be a big party time. That's at 1 p.m. Eastern on the Mind Dog TV network. I hope you'll uh, join it until, uh, until tomorrow, I guess. Uh, that's me for now. Uh, always remember to turn on your radio.
me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.